Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. Rockin' with One Nation Radio, welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping out the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is, we gon' shoot from the hip. If they puttin' out trash, we gon' rip from the bitch. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend, now let's get it on the road. Hey. One Nation Sports, One Nation Sports, One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Ladder and James Boyd. Thank you for listening. Social Suplex.com. BWB, what's up? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm Jace Boyd, and here with me, I have our co-host, the super strong rap machine, Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? <laughs> you know, um... A little bit of surprise for the longtime listeners uh, with the old theme song uh, that features a line, if they're putting out trash, we're going to rip them to bits. And that's what I came to do this week. There will be no mercy. I will be burying and burying and burying and unleashing the negativity. Wow. Well, yes, the super strong rap machine uh, yeah. as well. I I I kind of did the uh, nickname. Okay, so this man is out here saying there's no mercy in this dojo. He will be sweeping the leg. I, I'm all out of Karate Kid references, but yes, um, yeah, I AEW was kind of you know I didn't think it was necessarily a bad show, but I have real issues with. What could be, you know, over the horizon and the future outlook of certain people doing certain things. Um, but uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But, um, yeah, so where do you want to go first, Rich? Yes. Um, uh, well, before before we get to it, I did put out a music video uh, just about 12 hours ago, getting kind of like some of the most love I got in 12 hours for a song. I, I don't know, maybe ever. Uh, so go check it out. It's on my YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, it's called uh, Straight Snapping 3. You can find it on IG, anywhere that you guys follow me on social media. Yeah, link um, will be in the description. What else? Yep, yep. What else we got? Um, well, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think what else. Well, I guess there's only... Uh, we're going to start 
with the um with the good stuff. Uh you know, so James, hit the music. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we finally got the undercard stuff from last weekend's shows. So the Nagoya show, uh, the so you ain't gonna acknowledge the moment of you know stardom starting off the show for the second time ever. I, I mean, I guess it's a, I guess you say it's historic, but it's like this is second time, so it's not you yes, know yes historic. Like, that is yeah, it. like you know this you know like no disrespect to Larry Doby, but like Larry Doby don't don't. He don't he don't resonate he don't hit as hard as uh Jackie Robinson you know it's a, it's a little different it's a little different. <laughs> you know, I'm, no disrespect no disrespect like you know uh but you know it just don't really hit the same. Um like they were like yeah you always remember your second time right like that's, no that's not necessarily how that goes. Uh but yeah. yeah. Um Undercard of uh, last weekend shows Nagoya, uh, the I think that's the twenty fourth show. Yeah, the uh, July twenty fourth show. We had a what looks like the beginning of a budding long term rivalry that we're going to have for a while now uh, between Queen's Quest and Don Del Mondo. Uh, they had a uh, uh, eight person tag match. Um, it is the top four of Queen's Quest: Momo, Utami, Azumi, and uh, Big Saya versus. The four members of uh, Don Armando, Julia, Shuri, Micah, and Hameka. And um, I really liked the match. I thought it was a great match. I thought it also played off of the match they had, the trios match uh, that most of the players had in February at uh, Hall match. Between Earlier in the year, yep. Yep, yep. And that was one of the best matches of the year, Stardom. That was, I think I gave it four and a quarter at the time. Um, and it played off of, you know, matching up Azumi with... Julia matching up Utami with Micah, the two judokas, and you had the two suplexing ass kickers of Shuri and Momo just going at it, and this was just an exaggerated, uh, like an exaggerated extended preview of a potential match they'll have somewhere down the line that Rich has been clamoring for ever since the first time he laid eyes on, on Shuri. Yes. So <laughs> this is why I recommend yes. it to you. I know. So, like, go ahead. Like, cause this was, you know, like, you know how they say Dr. Dre is the chronic, like, was really just a Snoop Dogg album. Yes. Like, that, like, this eight woman tag was really just, uh, you know, Momo versus Shuri with, with, you know, three team members around them. That, that's what this was. The, 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 the chronic of eight woman tags here. Um, but yeah, this was incredible. Um, so Micah, this is my first time seeing her. Micah is every, like while you're growing up is every tough as nails athletic woman with a knee brace that wore number 54 <laughs> on the basketball team oh like like, <laughs> just, like like she was excellent um and seeing her face off with a uh, big U as as I call her Utami mm-hmm. Uh, that was, they were just going back and forth, uh, you know, lots of shoulder blocks between them and, you know, just, just big and hitting essentially. Um, Azumi, of course, after my heart with the Lucha Libre moves, uh, 
hit a very clean uh like she jumps to the top rope i guess if one of her signature moves uh she'll give you like a head scissors but like yeah an arm drag the other person at the same time on one arm and then and then on the other she'll catch another opponent with like the the head scissors coming down yeah yeah that's one of her moves yeah um the uh but yeah this was the momo versus shiri show tons of near falls suplexes kicking out of finishers finishers getting broke up I had no idea it was going to be a draw. So this is the second match I watched in stardom where it was just like, all right, this, the formula for the draw seems to be just don't act like the draw is coming. Just keep doing near falls and near falls and near falls and near falls. And yep. all of a sudden the bell rings. Yep. Like, pretty much. Pretty so, much. So this was excellent. At first, like, I was kind of confused. I was like, huh? And then I heard, like, the promotion music. I was like, oh, it was a draw. So <laughs> um, 30 minutes of great work. Um, so like, I'm not going to complain about a draw, um, because it was like, well, they got to have a match now. So yeah, high recommendation on this four and a half. Oh, okay. Damn. Okay. So the thing about the match, um, for me, uh, is the machinations behind all of it. Like it, like I said, it plays so much off of that great match they had back in February. And then once you throw in, you know, the new edition of Hameka, also the new edition of, uh, big Saya, in like Utami and Micah who have had this thing for almost about a year now back when she was just in just tap out Taka Michinoku's um promotion um where she was you know she was in a you know she's brought up she's wrestling intergender matches she's in you know there's only like three or four other uh women in the promotion they brought they were outsourcing some of these title defenses for Utami's future of stardom belt um, so they brought Micah in, and Utami was just having these, you know, judo throwdowns with with Micah, and Micah wouldn't could never beat Utami. She still hasn't. It's always been the best she's ever done is a draw at the Cinderella tournament uh, in the first round when they broke up half or third or fourth of the bracket in the first round. But um, now that Hameka's there, and you watch Hameka for like you know just for any one match, you're just like I want her to wrestle the other power wrestlers and start them. So. They've done this trade-off to where, like, Utami is now focused on Hameka. Micah still wants some of Utami, but Big Saya is chasing after Micah, who is the future of Stardom champion now because she won the belt uh, at the Feb or the um, at the Kirken Hall show from um, the seventeenth. So. Like it's they basically have turned they basically turned this thing from Micah versus Utami to Hameka versus Utami in Micah versus uh Big Saya while you continue the Shuri and Momo thing and then like it's a weird in your mind you, if you've ever watched Julie and you ever watch Azumi you think it doesn't work but then like you see them in the ring and it's like I don't think anybody has better chemistry with Julia and Stardom aside from Tam so it just works somehow I don't know if it's because like you know you can you kind of get just focus on trying to throw strikes and just basing for Ozumi, I don't know, but like it just worked great. It was a great match. I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, but after the match, they get up and, um, you know, Julia talks about how she wants to make Donald Del Mondo, you know, the future of not just stardom, but, the, but, but women's wrestling. And then Momo gets to the mic and says, change the world. I think she says something like that, which is like, that's cute. Change the world with wrestling. <laughs> But uh Momo gets something is like, 
you must be out of your mind. Like, you know, we have the youth, which is true. Like, Shuri's like 31, Julius 26, uh, Micah and Hameka are both 23, and then like, uh, Queen's Quest, like, Mumble's 20, Azumi's 17, uh, Utami's 21, I think Big Sai is like 22, 23. It's like, so he's like, nah, like, we're the future, get it right, and we'll be seeing you. And then they all do their face off after they've had this match and they've readjusted. And just like, I, futures match right there, hoss battle right there, ass kick, ass kicking and suplex, uh, pre, you know, match right there. And it was great. And, um, a whole bunch of kicking. Yeah. Like, like, they did. I figured after watching this match between in the end, last it felt like the last fifteen minutes was just uh, Momo and Shuri, wasn't it? Or was it? I know it was at least ten, right? But uh, it was close yeah, to fifteen. Like, there was a it was a long extended period. It felt like those last ten minutes, like Momo kept hitting her um, suplex or like a variation of her finish, and it would get kicked out of where someone had to break it up every single time. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were giving each other the blues, but but yeah, man, great match, and I can't wait to see what they do in the future. Like, um, I want to see them do an elimination match. I, I really do. Like, those shits are super fun. We, we were there for, in New York when they did one between um, Oedo Tai and, and, and Stars, but like the one that they did a couple years ago with with real stakes was uh, Oedo Tai versus Queen's Quest, and like the last person eliminated had to leave the faction. That's when Tam got kicked out of uh, Oedo Tai, and that shit's like you know a lot of people's favorite starting match ever. So like, given that we have like some real heavy hitters, and after in the aftermath of this weekend, we're between like you know uh, Big Otami and Big Sire, the tag champs now. Azumi is the uh, high speed champion Donald Del Mondo. They're still the trio champions, and you have uh, Julia's the white belt champion. Like you have like champions versus champions going at it. They're kind of like looks like this is going to be the big thing, uh, you know. And I love it. Like if you're gonna push them to the top, let them. You know, eventually you need to have them go to head to head and you know go at it. So um, I hope there's plenty more to come. Um, now moving over to the show after that the uh, Cork and Hall the undercard um, <clears throat> you have high speed match we just mentioned it it was a three way match between um, Riho and Starlight Kid and Azumi seven minutes of, of flame um, I was my my expectations were were higher it didn't get met but I still thought it was a good ass match um, with seven minutes, just small, small people moving really fast and quickly. Um, at the end, um, Azumi's up getting the win over Starlight Kid because Riho doesn't do jobs and stardom. So it was, it was nice to see Riho because I missed Riho and seeing her on TV every week or, you know, every <laughs> other week. And, um, it was, uh, it was funny to see her as the grizzled veteran in there with those children. And, <laughs> You know, she, you know, she not doing no jobs. You, you already know what it is. Uh, came off the belt, you know, it's a pandemic, so you can have your belt back, Mr. Rossi. Uh, but you know, I'm not, I'm not laying down either. So figure it out amongst them. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I expect to happen. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was political reho saying I'm not doing any jobs in, in your little, uh, you know, top Joshi promotion. I don't think this, I don't think that actually happened, but the, but the idea, cause you know, we talked about this, uh, about around this time or probably, you know, in the, in the, the winter of last year, how people were complaining that like, 
she wasn't getting pinned or submitted. I'm like, she's the fucking AEW Women's World Champion. <laughs> Why? No, she's she? not doing no fucking jobs. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> no, like you see why she, you see who she's she's tagging with all the time, Starlight Kid. Yes, pin the seventeen year old. Are you out of your mind? So yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I I don't care if she does. No, I, I would have preferred the re. The re- Go ahead. I, I would have preferred the Riho Ultimate Warrior type <laughs> win, but since we didn't get that, you know, this, this will do. <laughs> just 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 a foot on both of their uh, chests. Wow. Yes. Yes. Oh man. Okay. So then, uh, next ma- the match after that uh, is also worth uh, talking about the uh, the vacated uh, uh, tag match or tag match the the vacated tag belts um, were vacated by B Priestley and uh, Jamie Hader because they can't get into the country, so they got stripped the same way that Mossy got stripped the U.S. belt. Um, so uh, you end up having um, the champions before them. Jungle in Konami um, challenge for them versus what would have been the next challengers, Big Sai and Utami. Um, match starts off where basically uh, they just isolate uh, or Jungle in Konami isolate Big Sai's uh, left elbow. They work over over and over and over. They keep clearing Utami off of the uh, off of the um, apron. They end up outside. Um, Konami ends up uh, kicking them both to the floor. Then Jungle ends up hitting a plancha. Then Jungle gets up, realizing that you know this opportunity we can isolate you know the weaker side, obviously. And we then she ends up Irish whipping Utami into the uh, the steel barricade. They work over uh, her elbow. Then <laughs> Saya gets. Uh, separation by coming off the ropes and hitting the Io Shirai like double back round off and uh, and uh, drop kick. Dylan's like, how can you do that when your arm is like supposed to be destroyed? Whatever. Gets the drop kick, tags in Utami. Utami basically from there um, takes it the rest of the way between uh, it uh, pretty much by herself and um, ends up getting the pin later on on um, Konami after a uh, torture rack bomb, a second torture rack bomb. Um, very good match, not as good as the four versus four Don Mondo Queen's Quest match, but a great tag match nonetheless. Um, I, f- I think it's interesting that Utami uh, is going to be the t- is a-, a tag champ again. I thought that we were kind of headed towards potentially winning the Grand Prix. I, you know, it doesn't mean it's, it's finito for that, but it kind of like lowers her percentage, <laughs> obviously. But uh, but yeah, I thought hmm. another another great match. Yeah, man. Um, I, I didn't catch that one, but um, you know, the red and blue star brackets are out, so I guess we should go through those too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know where to start on this. Um, yeah, okay. I've got them listed here. So okay. well, hold on. I know where to start on this. The five star Grand Prix is Stardom's uh, double round robin tournament. is very similar to the G One. Um, this year there are eight uh, people in each bracket, so sixteen participants. Um, there is no block A and block B. They are called uh, the red. The red stars and blue stars. I call them the red block, blue block, whatever. Um, so the rules are. So I'm looking at it. 
Well, hold the, on. The, let me the just, spirit let me... is the same, though. Okay. Yeah. Yes. 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 Very much so. So, and we'll get to that. You'll you'll see exactly what we mean. Uh, so we end up getting uh, the rules are uh, two points are at stake for each match. Uh, if you win, you get two points. If you lose, you get jack shit. If you, you get a draw, you get one point. Uh, you split it with the other person. Um, so the tournament starts on this coming f- Saturday. It will end, I think, on the 19th. Yeah, the 19th of September. So, um, so Rich, go ahead and go by blocks. Like, and, and go by the typical blocks that corresponds with uh, New Japan's A and B block. <laughs> so, start, start okay, with A so, block. Uh, we, so, we're going to start with, with the A block, a.k.a. Uh, the Red Stars. <laughs> yes, very much. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's pretty on this side, yes. you know. We got you know lots of bright colors and you know uh, smiley baby faces and you know just just roses and you know a couple couple little ruffians in there, but not too many. Um, so uh, of course, leading off uh, is the red belt champion Mayu Iwatani. Um, then we got Julia, we got Tam Nakano, Konami, Starlight Kid, the most baby faceiest baby face you'll ever see. Right, uh, Big Saya. Sayakamatami, Death Yamasan, and Hameka. Now, for the Blue Stars, aka the Thug section, aka yes. the B Block, we've got Momo Watanabe, who will kick your fucking dome off. Yes. Uh, we've got uh, Big U, Yutami Hayashishista. Uh, <laughs> I kind of butcher her name every time I say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got uh, Jungle Kiona. You already know what it is. A power wrestling brawler. We got Azumi. We've got um, Natsuko Tora. Uh, Natsuko Tora, Saki who's, basically, who's basically evil for the uh, for stardom. So there you go, B block <laughs> material. Then we've got Shuri, and then we've got Micah. Shuri, the, so Shuri. number fifty four, like I was just talking about. <laughs> Shuri, you know the former UFC fighter. Uh, right. legit. She was actually in um uh Pancrase uh for UFC. So yeah, you got that. And then you also have Micah, another judoka. So you have all these martial artists and, and motherfuckers that kick your heads off and suplex you to death. And then you have a motherfucking looks like evil, except he's you know, except she's a uh, I don't know what she's going for, but like it, some type. I would love to know what she's. I don't know necessarily cosplaying as, but the makeup is just like. She looks, she looks evil, legitimately evil. Um, but she also plays a role like she is I, I, evil I in New Japan, except she's not getting pushed to the moon. I was going to say, I don't think we have to worry about her winning the Red Belt Championship. You know how furious I would be. <laughs> do, you, do you understand how furious I would be? Dude, I want you. Okay. She won two points in last year's Grand Prix. And she got those points awarded to her not by pinning or submitting anyone, but by forfeit because Utami had broke her her hand again. That's the only two points she won Damn. last year. Imagine like a year later she's the Red Belt champ. I'd be like, what was all this for? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> how many points how many points right, did Evil have um, that she won last give year? Give me your Did he have more than did he I have more than remember. ten? Did he have eight? There's no way. I think he at least had eight. Okay, that's that's okay. I would have to check it. That would be appropriate given that where his status actually is in the companies. Like he's a mid card guy. You know, ten to you know ten to eight sounds about right. Well, anyway, um, 
what were we talking? Okay, so where do you want to go so from who, here? So, so give me your top two. G- give me your top two in both blocks. <sighs> top two in both blocks. Okay, so I'm just going to do uh, the simple look at the last night and see who are uh, you know the big uh, the big heavy hitters in the, in the last night. So on the last night, you have uh, Mayu versus Tam. In the red block, you have Mayu versus Tam, and you also have um, Hameka versus Konami. Um, Julius uh, wrestling Def Yamasan, I don't know if that comes into play, but like they don't sound like some, you know, you won your way to get in. Um, it, uh, so there's that. So um, Mayu doesn't need it. She won a title, or uh, the, the, uh, the, the Grand Prix two years ago. Um, she's a champion. I think I I think I would say if I were to look at it I would say Tam would be my my odds on pick to win uh to win this block. Um and then after that I probably say Hameka just to give her you know if you're going to you know give her a huge push. Um so those would be my two picks to win that block. Like I I just can't I'm not picking a champion to win a block like that's only happened twice ever in uh in the Grand Prix history. And one of them was just to like get EO her win back after dropping the belt to Yoshiko. I'm going to pick Big Saya. Okay. To win it. To win it. To win the red block, at least. Okay, if you had a second pick, what would it be? Yeah, to win the red block. And then if I had a second pick, I think you have to go with Tam here. The only thing is, if they win, whoever wins the block, they get a red belt title match. So I no, don't no, think no, they're no, going to no. do Mayu pick, and Tam, no, 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 but no. I mean, she could lose in the final to somebody. Nah, Rich, if you if you win it, you can pick whatever you want. Like, for example, when Mayu won it in 2018, okay. she uh, she picked uh, Momo, who was a white belt champion at the time. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, it's actually either one you want. Yeah, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take Big Saya, then Tam. Okay. Now, um... Moving on to the blue block for picks. Um, my pick would have been Shuri, but Shuri is going to have a title match in the middle of this tournament because they're do, they're going to go and do these uh, two big shows in on like the twenty second and twenty third in August, and one are one of the main event of one of those nights is Shuri versus Mayu for the red belt. Um, so I think that clearly takes her out of the running. Um, I'm going to say, given given the matchups. I'm going to say Momo or fuck it. I'll still say Utami. Uh, those are my two picks of, to, to win that. Yeah, body. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Utami as my top pick. Okay. And. Hmm. I will take. Not Skotora. Oh <laughs> so, you know, and if Not Skotora gets to the final, she will lose the final to whoever is a red person. Look, I, I just gross. I, <laughs> I feel like you said that not because you actually believe it, but just because you like you just room for chaos. <laughs> you just, like, I, I just. 
I just want James. I just want James's like random Wednesday to be just be just to be just furious looking at these standings and looking at calculating like tabulating these things. Like, when can we eliminate? When can I like eliminate her before we even get to Kirk and Hall? <laughs> no, if that's how so, you feel, that's how you feel. But so I feel reason, like you're trolling me. Uh, so, so the reason I went with her was like. I'm just not picking Momo. I, I don't know why, but mm-hmm. I'm just not going. I'm just not picking her. I picked okay. Utami to win. J- Jungle just got a shot. I don't right. think they're going to let Azumi win because right. like she's yeah, mad no, young. No, no, no. Uh, Kashima, she's a geek. Uh, True. Shuri has that title match, right. and then Micah is like kind of an outsider. I think. No, no. So she, um, Micah um, and Mecca both. Uh, they both signed officially with Stardom at the uh, beginning of the or not recently, like in the last like couple weeks. Like they're so they're actually Stardom through and through. Um, it's just that like Micah is like she is positioned as like mid mid card bottom of the mid card slash young young you know future. But like basically, like she's in a position that like Utami was like a year ago when it's like. Like we expect her to get like her get her first like white belt or red belt title shot like probably next year, beginning of next year. Yeah, it just might be too early for right. her. So yeah, yeah. I, I think though, you know. So my my second pick is Nasco. I don't anticipate her winning. I, I'm still with you, Tommy. But um, yeah. Okay, so that's winners. what I got. Okay, so winners then. Um, I'm going to take. This is tough. This is very tough. I, I, I'm going to take you, Tommy. Okay. Uh, beating Big Saya. Mm, Run back the rematch. Okay. Um. See, I, I I had a I was looking at how this was set up, and I was looking at this red block, and I was looking at you know who was in it, looking at you know the final night. Seeing Tam versus Mayu on the final night. Seeing on the second to last night is Tam versus Julia. Um, and I thought to myself, like, another thing about this is most of the time, the uh, G or G one, the Grand Prix winner gets the gets their match at the very next Cork and Hall. But uh-huh. that's not a hundred. That's not a guarantee. Like I remember, um, not remember. I know that. Kyrie, when she won the Grand Prix in 2015, she didn't get her title shot until the anniversary show in January of the next year. So they actually held it off like, if you won the G1, you go to Russell Kingdom. So, mm. given that um, we're dealing with this Tam thing and Julia, and they're going to rematch them, you know, in a couple, for the white belt in a couple weeks, like, I could see this scenario where they go, draw... Tam beats her the second to last night of the Grand Prix, and then, or I mean, a draw in the 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 uh, white belt match rematch they're having. They wrestle each other again at the end of the Grand Prix. She Tam beats her. She wins the Grand Prix, and then she like challenges her for like the the tenth anniversary show, um, or the year in climax. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to go with Tam, um, and I don't know whether or not that's just like. Comments? How much of it is that common sense, or how much of it is I want this? I want her to win this fucking belt. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a bit of both. And then if I were to pick a second, I will go to Tommy. Um, I you know, given 
given the way they position her, given her how, given how you know her age and you know the the lack of size on the roster right now, given that we has a lot of our taller wrestlers um, no longer with us in the company. Um, I New gear I, too. Yeah, yeah. Remember I tell you about the <laughs> she's out here looking like a damn Amazon warrior. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'll go with I'll go with Utami as my second pick. So I mean, and given last year, given how well she was doing until she broke her hand, it looked like you know she was going to be a real she was going to make a bunch of noise. Like she was having great matches. She probably had the best set of matches until she got hurt, and then um, halfway through the tournament, and then she I think she was undefeated at the time. So or maybe she had one loss, but like you know, I feel like I feel like this might be you know time between either Utami or Tam to, to win this thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, so, like, now that we got, like, the positivity out the way, uh, <laughs> you know, those of y'all that, that have locked in to, to come hear this negativity to hear uh, at least me go off, uh, it's time to begin that. But before we do that, uh, we just want to let you guys know that this show is brought to you by Manscaped. So, uh, you know, so Manscaped is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers you guys precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools possible for your grooming experience. Um, Manscaped has the electric trimmer. They spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and they just released that 3.0 like i said not the 1.0 not the 2.0 but the 3.0 so you know um make sure you guys uh you know uh take advantage of this offer uh, you get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code suplex at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with the free shipping at manscape.com and use the code suplex so um, yeah, let's, let's get to, um, you know, something else that was on the balls, but, uh, not, not the razor. Um, yeah, the, the rest of the wrestling world. Okay. So, uh, we'll go in chronological order. Monday night raw, uh, third hour had a huge drop off compared to the rest of the show. The rating was down. I think the third hour was was either on par or worse than uh, AEW Dynamite and NXT uh, viewership combined in the third hour, um, which is troubling considering that like you know Wednesday was up. The Wednesday shows were up against like you know sports. <laughs> it raw wasn't. Yeah. Um, Any other? Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> It was funny because like the wrestling on that hour was very good. Like you had the the, the Raw Women's Title match between Sasha and uh, in and Oscar, and then you had Ziggler versus Dolph, which is like whatever. Like no one, no one. It wasn't even a Ziggler title match Drew? at the time, but sorry, Ziggler versus Drew. Yeah, I must have said Dolph versus Ziggler. I probably said that. No, yeah, but McIntyre yeah, versus yeah, yeah, McIntyre yeah. versus Ziggler. Um, that was it. That was it. You know, a match that they that was originally billed as a another title shot for Ziggler, but because Randy Orton earlier in the show called out McIntyre for SummerSlam, they nixed it. Um, as far as like re-editing around the show because these shows were the show was recorded the week before, the week prior. Um, yeah, that match was okay, but like it's just like 
it's, it's Dolph Ziggler. Like, what do you, in an Extreme Rules match? Like, they worked really hard, but, you know. Uh, but a lot of... A lot of the scorn from the internet was from the Oscar, the finish of the Oscar in um, Sasha match, which like I understand the scorn if if you're just like, well, everything's broken in this company. Why would they follow through or or, make, or fix anything? Um, but I, I got to tell you, like I I love the match, but like the finish, like I thought the finish was a smart finish, and like I I completely understand why everybody else hated the finish, but. Like in my mind, I'm thinking like in a vacuum, this finish absolutely works. But I understand why everyone's like, no, James. In context, inside of this company that's ran this storyline and and given its history for killing baby faces <laughs> in its wake, like you know, like uh, uh, like the Terminator, you know how this is going to go. Don't you should even like this because you know where it's going to go. And I'm like, I understand that, but I liked it. I'm sorry, I did. I, I like the idea of a babyface has a long-term tag partner. Their tag partner has a history, has an injury history. Um, you're in a title match versus another person that has a tag partner. The evil tag partner attacks the babyface tag partner's particular injury set, while you know the uh, the hero has the match. You know. Si- close to about one is close to singing in her submission and then she basically has to make a choice between her friends her friend and her safety or her the title and this person chose the her friend's safety over the belt which is like supposed to make you relatable and make supposed to make you someone that is you know um I don't want to say a hero, but maybe somebody worth rooting for. That's that's what I'm going for. Somebody worth rooting for because you care about your friends. Like one of the big things for me about Kenny Omega when he won the uh, the IWGP title over um, Omega, I don't know Okada was that like he was going through so much shit in with the Young Bucks at the time about like you know um, friendships and everything else, and then like when it came down to it. They were in his corner. He won the belt. And the first thing he did was after he got to his feet, when the belt was going to be presented to him was go to hug his friends to make good with his friends instead of going straight to the belt. Like that was one of the better things that I've, I've enjoyed small little things of character that I've enjoyed with wrestling over the last five years was that little moment. And like, there were hints of that. And I think honestly, like the tragedy of or not tragic but like the tragic moment of she made this choice to save her friend and ultimately like she still failed like that's you know in a different situation different scenario away from w away from vince mcmahon and bruce pritchard's bullshit like that makes you want to root for her harder and get her vengeance on these two assholes but i understand you it was a fucked whole situation where like she never got pinned by a ref, so why is she not the champion? Why does she not have championship advantage? I understand that, but like I just like in the moment what that was. Like obviously it's more than just a moment, it's a bunch of moments all tied together. I understand that. Go ahead, kill it, Rich. <laughs> <sighs> I sat and sat and sat. I did not watch this show, but everything that, up and down my that match timeline was awesome, was by the way. W- you should watch the match. It was it was WCW 2000 all over the timeline as far as the eye could see. Uh, I think where I'm looking at it is this was a rematch to a match that had one of the worst finishes I've ever seen in the history of wrestling uh, from the pay-per-view. 
then in the rematch, all- like you switch the belt uh, via this, you don't pin or submit the champion again. Then I start thinking about Oscar's entire title reign, how she won a Money in the Bank briefcase by climbing the building <laughs> and going up an elevator, and then the next night she was like, oh you're actually the champion because you know Becky Lynch elite level worked her way out of this fucker like oh uh, in this pandemic so um, so Oscar goes to her whole title ring going to fucking double count outs with Nia Jax all these matches with Charlotte were horrible endings uh, the two Sasha Banks match or the, the match with Bailey where uh, it's nothing but DQs and everything like that. And then this, and it's like this culmination of bullshit for this whole fucking title reign. They've made this belt look ridiculous. Um, and then Sasha Banks comes up with a championship and it's just like, wow, this is how y'all gave, you know, Sasha Banks a run. Oh, really? Thank you, Vince. Like, just, just like, it's so broken. Everything's right. broken because like right. one ter- terrible finish leads into this other terrible finish that they think is going to get them out of it. But the thing is that if you were going to like, they're no, just no, no, stringing no, no. shit no, no, along. No, 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 Rich, you're right. The problem is no one, no one after you just detailed that. And that's not even like the worst storyline is going on with WWE television. While you have any faith that Oscar is in fact going to get her vengeance on Bailey or Sasha. Right? Because You're just like, this Bailey, is all go away heat matches. on the company for fucking with you for months. All Bailey's and Sasha's matches, these, it's been ridiculously weird finishes and DQs and everything. And it's right. just like, well, why wouldn't they just roll it over? Right. Like, and by that point, you're just like, what does this belt mean? Like, this is like the WCW world title in 2000. Like, and another thing, right? Like, I imagine machinations are, well, we don't we don't fuck with Shayna like that to actually put her, to put the belt on her or to put her on uh, SummerSlam even though we put her in the WrestleMania uh, match against Becky. Uh, Naya is like, no, we don't want to do that with Naya because like then it's like, okay, so now we're making storylines about the fact that she injures people, so <laughs> so we could do that. Uh, Ruby, we've beaten her like a drum. We, we we were pretending to not exist. We were pretending like to see like the shining light that's that's coming off the that is the star that is uh, Bianca Belair. Um, so nah. So let's do this with let's do this thing with Sasha where we had her doing these matches or whatever else. They're good matches. Let's give her the and then they change their mind. It's like all right, well let's you know get since their matches so damn good, we can't come up with matches any better than Oscar in in, in or for Oscar right now. Let's extend this all the way to SummerSlam and then we'll give Oscar her big quote unquote, quote unquote win. Here's the problem with that, right? If 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 Asa gets her belt back by beating Sasha Banks. That will then be the fifth time that Sasha has won the <laughs> Raw Women's title and lost it in her first goddamn defense. And also, the fourth time it happened, Alessa Bliss, a heel, talked about how Sasha couldn't keep the title, she always lost it. The brought, which means it brought attention to, to the fact that she's a fucking loser and also shows you that Bailey won this belt for 
uh, Sasha, she's not deserving of the Raw Women's title, and yes, she is a heel, heels win by not deserving shit all the time, but, like, but it's real fucking telling it's, it's, when they put out those graphics with with Days as champion for all these women's champions. Them shit uh, single digits for Sasha, and, and and Sasha ain't even on them shits. Right, like. <laughs> right. And it's like it'd be one thing if, and it's also another thing. It's like it'd be one thing if she wasn't like one of your top draws right now, but she is. So it's like, all right. So are you going to move Sasha to you know or not? You know, have her be the Raw Women's Champion, and then like she's still the tag champ, so she can still come back from both shows. And what are you going to blow this fucking thing up between her and Bailey? Because like that's clearly still the master doing. Like all of that was with Bailey, you know, attacking uh, Kyrie was uh, or in a well-run company is like what Champa was doing with uh, Johnny Gargano at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. Is like look, like. I don't want you near my title, so I'll go get help get you your own title so you can leave me the fuck alone. Like, that, <laughs> if this was a well-ran company, that's what this would be, but we don't even know of that because this company can't do, this company can't, can't even pop a squad to take a shit if you asked it to. So, yeah. Yeah, man. The Bailey-Sasha Banks match, I could care less if it ever happens It'll end up the fuck point. finish, so who cares? Yeah, like we saw like what they could do together five years ago. Yep. Like I'm I'm not clamoring for it again, especially they, with like no fucking fans there. Like and and like yeah, because like and, and thing, the finish would be bullshit. Well, well that's because that's another thing. It's like oh, what what about the crowd when you know they had a moment? Like what crowd? What makes you think there will be a crowd at WrestleMania thirty uh thirty seven? What what at this point makes you think that we will be a okay to be put packing sixty thousand people in a building together in Los Angeles in in was I think it's um March twenty eighth two thousand twenty one? What makes you think that's gonna happen? Not happening. Yeah. Like hell no. Like this is this is like yeah um yeah lots of WCW two thousand all over the timeline, and it was just like whoop well, another way to like to make your belts mean less. And I would be furious if there was a belt that I cared about that was being changed via count out or not even count out, just abandonment. Like, <laughs> just, just like, yeah, she left. So I'm the champ now. What? Come on, man. Like, ah, uh, but I just wish, yeah. I wish right, right now from this very point forward, we could just pull Oscar in Sasha and Bailey in the, in and whatever else, and we move them to any other any other brand or promotion in the world, and then like have them finish it out from there, away from Vincent Man, <laughs> away from Bruce Pritchard. But it's not gonna happen. Sad shit. Good God, uh, what we got next, man? Um, I guess it'll be Wednesday Wednesday wrestling, right? Yeah, let's get to it. So this episode of AEW Dynamite and some of the things that happened on it. My God, I fucking hated it. I've, I sat here and I was watching this show infuriated. Uh, just, just seeing the things, uh, and, and you know, we talked about a long time before he showed up and he, I mean, Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona, um, Sir Sam had an excellent column on Lords of Pain or WrestlingHeadlines.com. 
it was funny because when you sent that uh, link to me, James, I sent a, immediately a message before I read Sam's column of like, bro, Zack Ryder, it's not like he's even like, like you look at the rest of the people that showed up. Like these are people that wanted to leave WWE. <laughs> Zack Ryder's just like got fucking fired after eating shit forever. So I was like, he ain't even like these dudes. He he was just content, like just just wowing in it, being a mark, like <laughs> like for, for working for the WWF in the Northeast, brother. Like, nah, man. Like, and then oh, oh, I read oh, Sam oh. column, and, and and Sam like you know lays that out in, in, a, in a lot more detailed fashion than I did in like a quick message. I was like, wow, we essentially had the same thought. <laughs> like, so so. I don't, I'm not on the same thing that y'all are on where it's like, I, I need y'all to hate Vince McMahon's professional wrestling in order to be, to, to, to side on with AEW. Like, I think I mean, it's, just, it's I, like, bro, it's like, it's like these people asked for the release. Like, they had the heart to like, if, if it wasn't being like, nothing was done with them. They had more ambition for themselves. Like, I, I don't know. The thing with, with, with Ryder, it's like, you know, he didn't ask for his release like Sean Spears, like FTR, like, uh, Brody Lee. Like Matt Hardy, like he he didn't ask for his release, like, and a lot of these people didn't have all negative things to say about leaving, but you know it's just their time. It, they weren't like Jericho, where it's like, yeah, I can't go back to that. But Cardona was content eating shit for a decade. Like, <laughs> like I don't I don't know the value that he brings. Like at this point, it's like you're you're not some guy. That's a game changing star. You're not an elite level talent. You're not a super worker. You're not someone that's a can't miss. You're a dude that plays with fucking wrestling toys and has a podcast. And, and he's been on the WWE platform that long to where he's amassed a certain social media following, uh, of 1 million viewers on this platform or 1 million followers on this platform, 2.2 million, you know, on, on another platform. But if these numbers were so valuable, why wasn't he ever fucking used anywhere? Well, I mean, I I mostly agree with you, but saying that like WWE doesn't see the value in somebody, therefore there is no real value is like, no, nah, I'm not hearing that because WWE is, inco- is incompetently ran. So, uh, but like, I don't want to see him in AEW either. Like, like I, I imagine that he has a couple well, matches. No, well, hold on. I feel like. It's going to be very similar to or a worse version of the Jack Swagger thing where, like, he comes in, they're going to do something with him, make him, make you want to give him a chance. He starts having these matches, and he's the same fucking person he was in, in the ring that he was in WWE. And be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That dude's, that dude is a jag. Never mind. And then you got to figure, shuffle around from there. And it's like, look, if that's Cody's friend, it's clearly cronyism. Um, but we gonna see, and I, and you know, I'm interested to see just for the fact that like, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure on, I have a pretty good idea on how this is going to end up. And like, you know, we have said things and people have said things to us, um, on the network and we're not going to name no names as far as like the outlook for this kind of guy and this kind of element. And I just, and you know, me and you both made it known that like this dude is not built for this. He, there's nothing that we've ever seen to make you, make us think that dude is built for this. And we're going to see when that bell rings and I, I feel pretty confident about it. So like, I'm, I'm, you know, I understand you're upset or not upset, but like, you know, ir- irritated as fuck about it. But like my irritation isn't really there because like, 
we we've been we were talking about the hypotheticals and we gained the speculation because today we gonna see <laughs> in the words of Ti we yeah. gonna see. Yeah, so I kind of like, so now I kind of relish in the moment. Like I'm kind of happy Sada bring his ass, you know, down to the stage because because <laughs> I don't think he got it, and it's gonna be fun to be somebody gonna be right. And, yeah, and I think I think me and you gonna be right, and you know that's just what it is. <laughs> like. I'm tired of, of, of the Codyism, like these fucking guys, like uh, all the pr- and all the fucking press runs. Like we're not here just to sign every WWE guy. Uh, bullshit. Um, and, and then or lots of them. Like, and I, I understand. Yeah, you know, you're gonna get guys that work from WWE, yeah. but I give a fuck about Scorpio Sky, who has like over who? 20 wins. He has the third most wins in the company, but he can't sniff getting booked on Dynamite. Who's 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 that again? He, did I break up? No, no, no. I heard you. It just I, Scorpio I, I, Sky I, I of, of so SCU. Long, I don't, you know, so, sounds yeah. familiar. Rings a bell. Uh, you know, trying, huh? Yeah, huh. you know, uh, Joey Janela. You know, uh, Scorpio Sky. Yep, ball guy. No hair. Ah. Uh, you know they they say oh, okay. they say Kobe when he does a drop kick. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the name is drop kick, but um. um yeah, like, and I just think you know, it's more people getting getting put out the way uh, for, you know, just the the blatant cronyism. I'm like, well, you know, we got Leo Rush and ACH showing back up to fucking GCW over the weekend. Who called them? Did, did, was a call made to either one of these gentlemen? Like, no. Oh, we had to go get Matt Cardona. Okay, I see what this is. Like, be who the fuck you say you're gonna be. Yeah, like, and the thing is, like, what is this? Like, I, I, I'm sorry, Zach, Zach Ryder's not 27 years old. He's he's at least 35, 36. Like, he's not about to just roll some new version of himself out there that we haven't seen. Uh, you know, you might see, I, I, you know, I, I looked through some Zach Ryder footage, you know, from some things like, you know, he had that match in 2015. He did like a 450 off the top rope, but I don't want to minimize it. Like, it's this um easy thing, but. He's a lot, lot younger than. He was a lot slimmer than. He definitely showed up in great shape. And if you're not under contract, they don't test you. And uh, I don't know exactly what the AEW policy is, if there is one. Um, I, I mean, don't know. It just I don't it, think there's this doesn't inspire. This doesn't you. inspire. I don't think there's much of a policy given cage. Me, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Uh, Zach Ryder, or sorry, Matt Cardona. Like this, this, this. this like this does not inspire confidence. This does not make me want to watch. Like when I thought about, you know, the alternative that was being created, like led by, you know, like there's a couple different parts of AEW that I think that we're we're being able to divide the promotion up in a pie, right? What type of wrestlers are under this thing? And the the Matt Cardona's, your fucking Jake Hager's, uh, you know, your Cody's, sometimes. Matt Hardy, like these guys, like this isn't who I was thinking of. Right. Like when, you know, I was thinking about Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, uh, the Lucha Brothers, Ray Phoenix, or, uh, excuse me. Fucking Jericho at this point, Pac, uh, fucking, uh, Private Party, uh, SCU, like this is, that's the energy that this shit was. And then like the more that, this shit starts to seep in. All they're doing is giving ammunition. And basically, like, it just feels 
it's it's not what I wanted to fall in love with. Like, you know, it's not Hangman Page and, and seeing how far the fuck he's going to go. It's not Darby Allen. You know, it's not Sammy Guevara. It's not like, you know, the, the class of guys that we're getting invested in. Even in, you know, those of us that are completionists for this shit, and I watch Dark, like, I'm getting in, I feel like, on the ground floor of a lot of the, the QT Marshall students that are, that are, you know, here and showing up every, every time, like Lee Johnson or Will Hobbs or, um, you know, Alan Angels, someone like that. And it's like, I don't care about Zack Ryder. Like, I don't want to fucking watch Zack Ryder. I saw Zack Ryder's story. Like, this isn't what, what grows companies at this point. Like, it's new people getting to higher positions this guy is the same dude that he's always been in a different color now and you know a, a, a harder beard essentially i'm sorry like <laughs> i'm not here for it yeah i agree but like i said we're gonna see you know ricky starks you know that you know that's what i'm trying to see right now you know um brian cage that's what i'm trying to see different different shit you know? Yeah. So, let's get through this fucking show. My <laughs> God. <laughs> Opening match. Ten-man tag. Garbage. Um, <laughs> WWE finish. Getting distracted by music and shit. Anyone that ever listens to this show, or you speak with me and you be like, oh, Rich won't say nothing negative about AD. Bullshit. <laughs> I will come on here and rip these niggas up like they're fucking Vince if, if, they, if they so compel me to. Like, we, you know, we got a 10-man tag here, and who, you know, if it was me, you know, why aren't we having Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara do all the working here? You know, like, like whose idea was for that not to happen? You know? I don't know, but... Matt Hardy fucking comes out of nowhere. He's not in the match, and he, all ten guys all of a sudden disappear and pushes Sammy off. Get the bullshit ending, and yeah, bullshit. Uh, the paralyzing music. So uh, Moxley cut a promo backstage. He said, uh, "Oh, any, any thoughts on that on your side, James?" Um, I wasn't as down on the match as far as the wrestling I just thought that I was totally uh, below my expectations I thought it was a fine match but I was expecting like a great match so that was it was disappointing from that aspect um yeah I I for I I you know cause I've watched so much fucking wrestling that I forgot that was a finish and yeah that was a bad finish like you know uh and it also it's also confusing for the, the Matt Hardy Guevara thing cause like last we left off he was trying to convince Sammy that like inner circle is no good for him. Meanwhile, you're going to convince him of that by helping helping him lose matches and and, and, and stunting his career by losing matches because wins and ma- losses matter. Sounds sounds unproductive to me, Matt Hardy. Yeah. Uh, so they were going to do that match, and then like it was booked for that night and then all the stuff came about Sammy and Sasha Banks and that match got put off the table so i assume they're trying to get back to that but um that, well, I don't so Moxley could have promo <laughs> uh, yeah yeah i mean you you could have like i don't know you could have done a million, a million things, things. Yep. Instead, of, 
you yeah. know, it's a yeah. you know distraction music shit, yeah. and it's just like these guys wrestle like the total mail it in New Japan Road to match. Rich, like Rich, do you remember? Uh, <laughs> do you remember how Seth Rollins got left out of the 2017 uh, Royal Rumble? Um, because yes. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Him versus Sami yeah. Zayn, winner gets a shot. Triple H's fucking music hits. He gets distracted in the corner. Sammy catches him with the corner kick and pins him. And then that man showed up like two days, a week or so later to uh, take over. And he call- and then security grabs that man and get- escorts like him out the geek. building. And, 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 and there's somebody, yeah, this, this is doing so good for Seth Rollins. That man ain't been the same since. <laughs> <laughs> like we, like I take that back. He he actually he he righted the ship by himself with his own with his own you know with his own two fists and his own two feet during that uh that that gauntlet match. But outside of him wrestling his ass off as if he was Chris Brown and the BT Awards, he has, yes. they have fucked him up left and right ever since he tore his knee. He's what's he doing now? The Monday Night Messiah. He pulled the motherfucker's eyes out. What is? I'm sorry. We're talking about AEW, but I just had to yeah. remember, like, the last time someone I remember lost yeah. the fucking music was like, look, look how disastrous that was. <laughs> um, so, so, so Moxley did a uh, pre-tape promo on Cajun Starks, kind of just a promo. Uh, then we got Cody versus the War Horse. Now, James, had you ever watched the War Horse wrestle? Had, had you ever seen any of the the Twitter stuff on Warhorse? No, um, and honestly, I thought that he was going to be like Buddy from NXT UK with like the gimmick on wrestling. So, well, mm-hmm. like some type of like like a, like a mascot's head on. So, um, it just turned out he came out. He had face paint on, and he had like you know some you know I guess uh appropriately themed gear and I was like okay he's just a guy alright let's see how they wrestle and then they started wrestling and Cody was, was was pretty good in the match throughout the whole match but and he was selling his ass off for the, for this dude but the dude never rose to the occasion um I have nothing to say bad about Cody here Cody did his damnedest Cody should be commended for trying to do all this with this guy do all this for that guy James. he ain't have it that night this match compelled me to defend Cody Rhodes on Twitter. <laughs> this is not something I'm normally in the business of. Cody did nothing wrong. Like, Cody did nothing wrong. Cody did everything all I he was had to, to do. hear. All I had to see in these comment sections was for weeks, maybe even months, ever since this TNT title thing has been going on and they've been, mm-hmm. you know, marketing it to outsiders. The War Horse fans are some of the most annoying people I've ever seen, like, just overrunning comment sections. I'm like, all right, so this, this motherfucker, I guess he better be the second coming to loot theirs because, boy, <laughs> like, I watched the match. I was just thoroughly unimpressed. Right. And he's not I a good athlete. A lot of. You- I watched a lot of wrestling. I watched a lot of styles of wrestling. We have a group chat. We have two group chats that we're normally in. This motherfucker warhorse couldn't get over with any of us. And there's like 10 people in one and like 
13 or 14 the other. These are fans of Lucha Libre, Puro, Shoot, Joshi, Technical, uh, Spectacular, New Japan Main Event, Epic Style, Indie, all fans of all types of spectrum. Catch, catch old school, eighties, seventies, nineties stuff. Yeah, this high motherfucker warhorse high speed couldn't get over with any one of us. <laughs> yes, I, I remember saying like this man failed to impress in all disciplines of professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like he sucked. It was just like he was just there. I'm like, yeah, oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, so while Scorpio Sky spends another book, another week adding up, you know, another win here, we've got this motherfucker Cody and these people performing charity out here. Like, that's one thing that AEW needs to, I think, get a hold on as a company is the perception that the fans, um, or loud pockets of social media will impact them like it's cool to like listen and i think that's like really one of the things the company's built on but you have to know when to give in and when not to because it's looking like a lot of charity that's going on and i think a lot of wrestlers are picking up on this because i'm seeing fucking petitions i'm seeing uh you know uh fans start this and then wrestlers start basing their whole social media on it i have never seen much like desperate action like this in so long and it's like stop the charity like because I can I come to watch the motherfuckers that are the best uh in this shit and it's like I'm sorry I don't want to watch gentleman Jack Jervis uh take on Cody next in the open challenge I'm sorry I'm not trying to watch random indie wrestler that has been booked outside of his state for a decade get a shot at Cody I'm sorry. I don't want to watch Lufisto come out here and wrestle on national television against Cody. I'm sorry. When she no. wasn't even good five years ago. There is a whole roster uh, playing backseat to this charity shit. This is not it. Yeah, I um, I don't. I Okay, so I'm torn because correct me if I'm wrong, Rich, because you were following this stuff a lot closer than I was at the time. But Maybe this is the vibe I picked up, and maybe I'm just, you know, I'm just wrong with the vibe. But I, you know, I have never been as into AEW as you have because, especially once it started getting rolling, because I was under the assumption, and that's my, and a lot of that's my fault, that this was going to be, you know, kind of held as the best of. The uh, what was left of the American Indies after a after NXT has raided it, plus, uh, you know, international talent, and we are going to try to book things in a similar fashion to um, territory television studio wrestling, um, and a lot of that is true. Like their booking is very similar. I'll say to, they're doing that. I think they're the best book promotion going. Right. So. Um, I, I wouldn't disagree with you on that. Um, so I, so like as far as their booking, I think their booking holds up to 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 that feeling. I think a lot of their matches, um, 
while they are consistently very good, I am left feeling empty because they are not doing the wrestling that I, a lot of the wrestling that I thought they were going to be doing. I thought they were going to be doing, um, a lot more wrestling that's more similar in style to like the NXT big matches. And, the, you know, aside from like the Kenny stuff or in the Hangman stuff, we, in the Young Buck stuff, we really don't get that up and down the car necessarily. And that's, and that's fine. Like everybody has their own flavor. Uh, but um, some of these choices that they've made with these people, non-marquee people, um, and also you look at what they're doing with the influx of former WWE talent, and it's like, huh, this is this is feels like somebody's like the, has has some type of influence, like you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and like. I like the I like the idea that they try some things and like hell maybe if I go through and watch more Warhorse he has some bangers and then just like it was a bad night I don't know but watching that dude run the ropes and looking at his level of athleticism I don't think that he could be that much better given the way that he wrestles like I I I don't know man like it was just he didn't impress. And you had, and this happened at a time where like Cody is giving him everything. Like he was way more given to Warhorse than he was with either Darby match with, uh, Mark, Mark Quinn with, uh, Ricky Starks. Like hell, even with Eddie Kingston before and, and all they did was just hit each other hard. So it's just like, I. <sighs> Speaking of that, Eddie Kingston is signed. Uh, the best promo, uh, company gets even stronger in that department. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, the, the, uh, we'll get to it later in the show in the main event, but yeah, speaking of Kingston and Cody, but yeah, I just, um, war horse, it didn't work. It just didn't, it, it, it was a no for me dog. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah. you know, like, and it seemed like they already have him fitting for a storyline with the dark order. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know, do I, I don't know if he's around. I think that's just one off. That's okay. like a, a way to get you out of the angle. And, you know, so like he's not booked next week. So, uh, and he's not on dark next week. So, um, don't do it like <laughs> right now. Let, let the war horse go, go back. Let, you know, let, let him enjoy a raised, uh, price, uh, on, on the, on the independent circuit and, and, and just, uh, keep working on your craft as they say. So, and, you know, maybe try again down the road. So, uh, because like, you know, a lot of people like the guy. So there's something to be said for that. Yeah. And but, I don't know his know, age. I don't know his age, but you know, there is room for improvement and, and you know, all that, and that kind of stuff. Cause it wasn't like he was lost out there. It just, it, it, it was like, there was no regular there. There was nothing to take it to the next level. Like this was just like solid, like two star, two, two and a half star level wrestling coming out of that dude. When it's like, Cody is giving you the room to go out there and, and kill it. Like, and this dude did not hit, he, this dude was not like killer Mike on the whole world. He did not hit the beat running like Randy Moss. He did not do such a thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, then Silver and Reynolds came out of the Dark Order. Incredible on BTE. Um, these guys ran in and jumped on Warhorse and Cody and then Arn, you know, acted like he was going to fight them. So you want some of this old man. And then Matt Cardona comes out as we talked about, ran in for the save and him and Cody and Cody has yet a third friend now, James. So like, um, 
when I heard Alvarez and Melzer talking about this, I don't know if I've ever been as disappointed in them for saying what they said in the days <laughs> following this as they as I was like I think the most dis the like the last time I was just disappointed in them was like some of the capping that they were doing for Charlotte the last couple of years. Like I'm like how do you not see this? Like and then it was like, oh yeah, I can think of promos right now. It would be really good, you know, if if he comes in and he turns on Cody, I'm like, oh, so like the last two friends he had in the promotion. Yeah. So uh, so pretty soon we're gonna figure out that the problem is actually Cody. It's like why do so many people keep turning on this man? So um, you, you mentioned the disappointed in Meltzer never seeing like I like I listened to um the Observer uh from the night after the Wednesday shows just uh I think either earlier today or last night, I can't remember. And honestly, um I get where they're coming from, but as far as most most one of the most disappointing things, like I think you need to like circle back to like the stuff he the stuff he said about uh PWG and uh uh Excalibur and I forgot t- about that whole and, situation. And, we we should go ahead and uh pivot to that. Yeah, we'll get to, well, yeah, 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 let's go ahead and do that. But yeah, let's just just uh the you know, this happened back in, you know, before PWG became PWG and they and in Steen and um in Excalibur and Generico and the dude that was in and the, and the black person that gave them the green light to say this shit allegedly uh, all all instantly regretted doing it at the time and it's like hey man I'm not trying to hear that shit like Kevin Steen is a grown ass man with all these ki- with kids and all that and is uh, he's older than me so I'm not trying to hear the oh I didn't I, I you know I, I did it because you know because uh, this random uh, black guy gave me the okay or insisted that I do such a thing like and this and, and we talked about this on the um we talked about this a couple years ago when we first saw the video of this um, and like I have not rocked with Kevin Owens the same on the same way after this happened. Same for, and same for Sammy for being a part of it. Not Sammy didn't say nothing, but Sammy was involved in the angle. Like Sammy didn't throw his body in front of this shit, saying I'm not going out there for this shit to happen. And whatever. So at the time for me, um, my my my, I still feel the same way about the shit. Like you went out there and you said this, and you could tell me about somebody, you know told or gave them the green light to say this is also black and I'm, I got I got a newsflash for you one black person give you the okay to say that shit does not okay you does not okay you with the rest of us uh you know um allowing that shit to slide there is no thing as, as, a, as, a, as a pass for none of that shit like we did not agree upon this at these meetings that y'all think we have but we don't so I ain't trying to hear it <laughs> uh so um as far as the caliber or whatever else like I imagine that they're gonna come up, they're gonna send him away the same way they sent away Sammy to go, you know, seek some type, version of sensitivity training and go back on and come back on TV eventually. I I think that um, that's the very best case scenario for it because like it's one thing to be just one of the athletes, another thing to be the person that's the face, you know, one of the first faces you see on the show every fucking week. So yeah. I, I if if they if they need more from him I I I I see why they would need more from him I don't know what they do like if they fired him I I would just I I would shrug no okay 
Yeah. Because um, it was brought to our attention that there's more of this stuff. And that's the thing that pissed me off about the Melser things. Because, like, Melser said it's somebody, like, it's treated like it's some isolated one time incident. It was like, all this time, you've been talking about all this PWG, and, like, there is more of this stuff for him for, to, be, to be found, alleg- uh, allegedly. So. Not just him, like lots of guys. Like yeah. that's what that's what Josh was telling us at right. least. Like, and like, what the fuck was going on out there? Like, yeah. oh yeah, and also, that ain't that long hey, ago. Hey, that's not the South. That's California. Yeah, let me tell you a little secret about uh, California, James. So, oh, Lucina, or not, Lucina, not everybody else. Huntington Beach. Yeah. Yeah. So I lived in Huntington Beach. Oh, well, you reflecting on that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, so when I was in fifth grade, I believe between the fifth and sixth grade class, because this school, the elementary school went up to sixth grade. So I was there in fifth grade. I want to say I was one of three black kids in the fifth and sixth grade. Yeah, so those those are just the numbers of kids around there. I started thinking about population. Yikes! Um, the 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 uh, Orange County below LA County. Yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah. that might as well be mm. fucking Mississippi. Like <laughs> you know, uh, if you put the pull up the dot census map, uh, what else? Uh, all the big cities that you can think of. Uh, Oakland, uh, San Francisco, uh, fucking LA, um, you know, lots of, lots of, lots of, of diversity of, you know, everything, anything you can think of, all cultures, like, you know, uh, Chinese, Japanese, uh, Taiwan, Filipino, uh, everyone, like, you know, black folks, white folks, Mexicans, uh, you know, I don't recall seeing a lot of Puerto Ricans in LA, but, um, you start getting out to like, Riverside and like the Big Bear area and all the other places in California because California is so fucking big. Right. North and Southern California are like totally different states right. itself. Now, right. when you start thinking about like the mid parts, like, you know, Santa Barbara, Santa Monica, Rancho Cucamonga, like the parts outside of LA, like mm-hmm. it's like any other place on the map, but except the populations are fucking multiplied. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, <laughs> um, like that doesn't that. Like, and it that's sucks. One those, that's like one those, hearing this stuff. I was like, yeah, that's one of those things where like people always talk about like you know living obviously living in Florida my whole life. It's like hearing people talk about you know the 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 South is it has a special brand of racism. It's like nah, not really. If, if you're saying the special brand, the brand of racism is that there's more black people here, then yeah, sure. But like, if if California was forty percent was like forty or fifty percent black, like Mississippi is, it would look like exactly like Mississippi. Don't don't kid yourself. <laughs> like, look at the residential segregation and house segregation in these cities that have like black populations, and know where like you can you I I can t- you can spout off any major city. I can tell you what part of the city, uh, north, south, east, or west, uh. Where they where they have put black people like don't don't kid yourself so yeah um, yeah but extremely yeah, disappointed the, to, because I'm yeah, yeah I, I'm a fan of Excalibur's commentary I think he's like the voice of the promotion uh, in a lot of ways like it's not Ross it's not you know Shabani for as much as we love him it's Excalibur the guy that knows the stories of all these guys but like 
apparently he's just someone that was out here saying nigga as well. Like, yep, you can't trust no, you can't trust nobody. Nope. Damn near. Like, and it's just like you just wait to see who's next. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, so as far as him. Like, <laughs> like if he shows up, cool. If he's gone, cool. Like, yeah. we can find someone else that's the voice of, <laughs> you yeah. know, that that knows about this shit that that can do it. Like, I, I know commentary is not necessarily the easiest position to to fill, but I mean, they got a lot of people there. So yeah, and they have they have people that they've also given run to. Like, they can they can pull out Golden Boy and, and you know and see what they can do with that. Um, you know, they, you know, there's always Ross. I don't I will I don't like Ross in the in the play by play role anymore. That's, I think that's far past his prime. Um, but I mean, there, between him and Shivani, they could trade off between matches if need be. Um, there's still Taz lean on as far as the uh, in Jericho from time to time, as far as the color commentary. Um, but yeah, man, like if if they if they deem him worthy of coming of needing him to come back or wanting him to come back, like he's gonna have to they they're gonna have to you know. Um, he's gonna send, have to throw himself they, in front of the train. They're gonna have to send his ass somewhere uh, and let it be known that this, you know, what was going on. Like, I, and I have yet to see any like thing like that similar to the Sammy thing. Because when the Sammy thing happened, it was like seemingly like an hour or two later, they are like his ass is going to sensitivity training. Um, right. So the, I ain't seen the none silence of that around his is yeah. The silence around his is like it's like wow. It seems like there may be. A longer investigation going on. It feels like they're trying to uncover the rest of it and well, see mean, exactly what type of action they need to take. Well, I, I mean that that's that is the appropriate route to go about it because you know, just like we mentioned, like Josh had pointed out that like there's lots of this shit. So it's like, all right, we don't want to just have them go and do one thing and we call something someone they bring them back and then all of a sudden there's some shit that's even worse. And it's like, well, fuck. Yeah. Now, all right. Now, now it's on us because we didn't do the homework. So, and I, I mean, quite frankly, we don't know if there's been homework. I don't know. I haven't listened to Observer. I don't know if they said they've gone back and and, and they're digging further into it. But at the least, well, Tony Khan, send, yeah. So at the least, he need to send his ass away for for at least uh, for some time. I don't know how long, so, but for some time. So, to so Mister Tony Khan, the shit. The, the wrestling encyclopedia, you know so much about what happened on every, uh, date that's ever gone down in the history of the business. I'm gonna need you to, um, start going through your PWG files, uh, that you have because this is another, like, like, <laughs> if you got this guy hanging around and like Jan said, more so comes out, this isn't like exactly the utopia for black wrestlers right now anyway. It looks like as far as being pushed commodities and everything, it's like your brand. I, I see the moves you're trying to make. You're not validating them completely yet, but you want to make this a place to where black wrestlers can go. Like, I'm not going to say all wrestlers. I'm going to say because we've seen all the wrestlers that feel comfortable going there, but there's some missing lots of them. And then, um, the, like Leo Russian ACH not being on the radar is extremely telling right now. Uh, when you start remembering those reports, like, yeah, you know, such and such may have ruined their reputation within the business. Like, okay, well, who was giving Melser this information? Uh, was it AW? Because it feels like it is. Like, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, figure it out. 
and start being who, who you say you're going to be. Because like, how long has it been, James? We've been uh, we we talked about this. I want to say what two weeks ago when Jeremy was on the show. I was like, it's, it's a lot easier to correct the problem sooner rather than later because yeah. later things like this happen. <laughs> Think about it. Like we've been talking about this since hell before they even had dynamite as a sh- as on air. Like we were talking about it then. We had a discussion uh, part of it during the um, AEW year in review segment um, with with Amy and with Floyd. And uh, no, I'm sorry. That was about that was about the women's division, which is like was kind of seems like you know we'll be getting to that one eventually. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> not good at all. Um, I don't know where we with the show now. Now that we're talking, we, I don't know where we left off to talk about Excalibur. I don't know what we even um did to even talk to even bring that up. <sighs> so um, we were talking about uh you know Cardona and then okay. um all right we're past but that. after that yeah uh so there was you know a more pre tapes uh Jericho and uh challenged Cassidy to a debate next week um and then you know he's going to make him give him $7,000 or replace his jacket and then um after that FTR signed their AW contracts and Arn Anderson shows up and looks over the contract for him and I'm like Okay, like, and they're talking about enforcing tag ropes in their match and the rules being strictly enforced. And I'm like, none of this makes me want to watch you. Yeah. Um, and also, another thing is, like, I don't remember them getting, there used to be tag ropes. When did they get rid of the tag ropes? And why are they getting rid of tag ropes so they can do this line in their match, about their matches? Because yeah. there were tag ropes at the beginning of AEW. I don't remember them. They, I don't they remember did get rid of them, though. How long ago did they get rid of them? a while because Jim Ross was talking about it. He did an interview recently where he said, you know, we don't have tag ropes anymore because the crew, some of the crew thinks it's, you know, stupid or whatever. So I mean, if the pin, like so many of them are Lucha influenced from, cause they come out of California uh, area. It is like, what the fuck we need tag ropes for. Yeah. For what? I sit in the right. station. I sit in the corner. What do I need them for? So yeah, like I, 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 for one, like I don't care. Like, and that's another thing with the the, um, the FTR is like they come off like unless they're wrestling, they come off like the way people like fill up out like James Harden's basketball is like, oh, so you're not you don't really want to wrestle, you just want to like be a lawyer. Cool. <laughs> like that's just, that's, like that's just not inspiring. And like right now, they're right. not full blown hills. They're like tweener slash baby faces. Probably more baby face. Anything keep saving baby faces. So it's like you just feel that like they're headed towards that path of being jackasses. So like this is just like okay, I still don't really care about you guys until you guys wrestle in the ring. So it's like this is more of that. It is like. I don't care about whether or not you care about the tag team rules. Just get in the ring and fucking wrestle already. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's why man came in there and he poured a bunch of whiskey and then Arn, you know, got offered a drink and we know that can't happen. I so, thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, so they asked, uh, Tony Khan to make August 12th a tag team appreciation night with them as the hosts. Angle alert, angle alert, angle alert. You know so, what else is happening on uh, August 12th? No. Like, it's going to be tag team appreciation night, but I think the main event is, like, Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Not a tag team. I mean, we'll see. So why yeah, is it called tag I, team I appreciation know. night? Like, 
if you're going to say, well, we're going to have like, you know, three tag team matches and then, um, the main event is, is that is like, so it's just like every other episode of Dynamite. <laughs> you know, it's not like, I don't get it, but cool, I guess, whatever. Yeah. We'll see whenever they drop that whole card. Um, after that, uh, Brody Lee, Anna J and Cole Cabana came out. So Anna J with the, um, the Zorro like mask. <laughs> you know what I was going to say? R. Kelly. You know, R. Kelly in like mask. Oh my um, God. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, we had the, uh, tag team title match with Kenny and Heyman against, uh, Uno and Grayson. And I was just keeping a buck. After that Matt Cardona shit, I was like checked out of the show. So I couldn't even really pay attention to this. And it didn't seem like it lit the world on fire. And I was just like, oh, it was there. It existed. It- it was good. It wasn't great. I don't even know if it was kind of kind of disappointing. Good, kind of disappointing. Um, but Paige and Omega, you know, the one hit the last call. After that, uh, Brody Lee brought uh, Cole Cabana and Anna Jay to the back. Didn't want them to uh, witness what was about to go down. Uh, and he basically laid out Evil Uno with the stack of papers. So James got to see the the paper shot uh, from Brody Lee. Uh, he said he noticed that the Bucks were watching from the crowd, and the Bucks like made their way to the ring. Uh, Page, you know, uh, Lee told Page he pissed him off by not joining them last week. Now he's gonna pay. And then like the fucking Dark Order started like assembling like ants, and then FTR ran. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C out and all the baby faces beat all the dark order geeks in a reverse um of what happened that one time <laughs> like they were kicking their ass and hitting super kicks and you know doing cool moves and cool moves and look like a badass that's, that's like the you know that's the key to wrestling that's half of wrestling yes <laughs> yes uh one thing i like to note is that um given that brody lee is playing a Vince McMahon, like Vince McMahon parody or what or whatever or Vince McMahon character. The fact that FTR bashed that styrofoam cooler and, and fucked up that man's <laughs> suit, and, and he's clearly a stand-in for Vince. Like I I I chuckled at that. I thought it was funny. You know, like. Given the stories about Vince with water, given like the pool stuff, how he loves nothing more than to throw a motherfucker in the pool against their wheel. And then like the story that, that uh, Shane had the time, the one and only time that he threw his daddy in the pool. And that he said that like, if, if Vince had stayed in the pool long enough, he would have evaporated all the fucking water because he was that hot. <laughs> like, 
I just the idea of the Vince standing gets boshed upside his fucking door with, with the ice cold. Like I thought it was funny. So I, I, yeah. I shout out to F, FTR for that one. Like, see when when they're doing stuff physically, I'm I, I'm cool with them. But once it gets to like the character for these fucking lawyers and cowards, I, I just I, it's not for me. I don't care. Bring the yeah. matches. Yeah, um, some, I don't know, some men hit with them, like, I don't know what it is, but, like, you know, I'm kind of into the... the middle, like, pick a lane, either be good guys or bad guys, and, like, yeah. because, like, their charisma isn't the, isn't the, their charisma isn't there in the way where it's, like, you can, they can play down the middle, it's, like, I kind of need to feel one way, I feel like this anyway, like, you need to kind of feel one way about them one way or the other, and then you can get into the fact that, like, they're not, like, they're bad promos, just, like, they ain't really, they're not really impressing anything upon you, they're just, like, okay, we want, we want to, we want to. It's, like, you know how great we are, don't you? Yeah, and I'm, like, bro, like, that was years ago, and I'm not, I'm not saying you're not great no more, but it's, like, we're in a fucking ring with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano for fuck's sake. And, and like Jason Jordan and, and, and Gable and like, it's cool that you had these great matches on house shows with, you know, the Usos and the New Days, but like, we didn't see none of that shit, bro. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, you've had good matches at AEW, right? Like, they, I mean, they have a matches like somewhere between like four and a half and four and seven five, four seven five, but it's like, Traditional two-person tag matches, like you have not lit the world on fire. Like, that match with, with Lucha Bros was a was a good match, maybe even a very good match. It wasn't great. It was like the, you know people thought it was going to be like some you know match of the week type some thing. Classic. It, was, it wasn't even that. So yeah, like yeah, I like their match with the Butcher and the Blade uh, more than the Lucha Bros match. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I don't. I know that match happened, but I don't remember. It was like that. It was a bunch of hard, rugged wrestling, like, and fighting and sweating. Mm, Yeah, okay. I uh, I just don't remember any of it, but yeah, I remember that match did happen, though. Um, But yeah, it's just like, that's that's the issue with, you know, the super long wait, because, like, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to simmer this shit to keep it going or whatever. Slow building. Yeah, and it's like, it's what. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still waiting. I'm just like, God, how much more longer I have to wait? And I feel like we're gonna get to the point where it's like they're gonna, they're having a slow burn, and then it's gonna be end up being just like NXT, where it's like or not, yeah, just like NXT, where it's like we know the direction they're going, but they're not gonna do shit until like three weeks out, and then like the th- we'll be like, bro, why couldn't you like say some of that for like you know week seven out? Like we we've known about this for months. Like just <laughs> why do you have to keep this shit so close to the vest? Yeah, know, I'm man. trying to figure out if they're doing a three-way tag between them or what. So, I don't know. Um, oh. we got the Elite plus FTR, uh, against Dark Order next week. I am into the Hangman and FTR kind of friendship that they have that they're, they're kind of making woo eyes at each other. So, um, it's weird, but, um, I, I, I feel uh, like they're about to do some, um, I feel like they're teasing like, they're going to have a trios match between um, Kenny and the Young Bucks versus Hangman and FTR. Like after they have some type of split, like I feel like that's clearly what the tease is, and like cl- and yeah. like they're going to. I'm into I hope, that. I hope they don't make the mistake of thinking like, yeah, we'll turn Kenny in the Young Bucks heel on FTR and in Hangman. Like that, 
look, I, I get the idea behind it, but that sounds... Do you, do you know what will happen, James? That sounds like long-term to be a terrible idea. Because after say, that match... Will happen. Hold on, hold on. Because after that match, that means you have to be pushing FTR as the as the the babyface tag team and the Young Bucks as the heel tag team. And it's like, I, I think you sell more t-shirts the other way around. I really do. I really, really, really do. I don't know. I don't know. Because like the, the Bucks aren't like... Like that's that's kind of their thing. Like as far as like if they're heels, like they're babyface anyway, because everyone fucking loves them. So like but, it can work, but like but not they, around Hangman. I feel like yeah, but not around Hangman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, I think the dynamics are all messed up. But like I think the second you turn Kenny heel, like you don't want to do that because that's gonna just overshadow whatever you're trying to do. Like you got to keep. You gotta keep Kenny, uh, in, it's like a boiling pot of water. I heard someone, um, make this analogy. Kenny Omega is a boiling pot of water. Like, it, it's just been simmering, but eventually that shit is going to just overflow and just, it's going, it's going to fuck up everything. So, you know, just, 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 just take it easy. Take it easy. But, uh, after that, Tony, uh, introduced Britt. She said she's going to give Big Swole a shot at her if Swole beats an opponent of her choice. It's got to be Rebel, right? That's that's the first thing I thought, and I was like, okay, okay, whatever. Like I don't know, like I know she she was a wrestler, but like I don't know how how extensive her wrestling was, how long who it was. Like once was, was she in TNA? Yeah, she was a knockout. Okay, all right, all right. I mean, I don't know. I've never seen her wrestle, but it's just like. I don't know if this person that was getting dates recently and is is doing this thing and was somebody that was like, like bro, what, you know what? What did they bring out, Mel? What's Mel doing? What did they bring out, Abaddon? Why would Abaddon be working with the with the with the dentist? She's dentist. She's evil. But like. I don't understand. Like, where did they meet to where they'd be like, yeah, I, you know, like, for example, like, okay, you see the butcher and the blade, right? And then, like, MJF came to the shop and handed him, handed them an envelope. And then they showed up to attack the, um, or whoever it was, or Cody or whatever else, right? Like, where does, where does the handoff happen between Britt and Abaddon? And why does Abaddon, given the way she looked, even care about such a trivial social, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, care about such a thing as money? So what is money truck. to what is money to Abaddon? Ain't she a monster? Hey, I, so maybe it ain't money. Maybe uh, Doctor Brew Baker has offered her, you know, some free dental care. You know, for the she's able to treat like the undead who uh, have uh, like a different kind of you know mouth situation going on. She wait. she wants you know the the undeadness to be kind of fly. You I'm know, so, to be able to at least she can smile. You know, I'm sorry. Once you said mouth situation, I was done. I was done. Okay, so let me. Okay, let me. <laughs> A mouse situation. <laughs> okay, so, all right. Okay, I figured out what I was trying to say. Social construct. So here's another one, right? Another uh, social construct. Yeah. Nice teeth. Why would if she I don't, is she a zombie or is she just looks like a zombie? She is a living dead girl. Okay, she's a zombie. Why would a zombie? That's what care? she's described as. 
Okay, so why would a zombie care about the superficiality of nice teeth when she is one dead? Isn't she only concerned about brains? So I guess she maybe she figures with the nicer teeth, they are stronger teeth and they can bite through, you know, flesh a little bit easier or necks or brains or whatever she is choosing to attack at that time. Aren't you glad we don't talk about the main roster? Don't this sound like we're talking about the main roster right now? Bro, I, I bring Abaddon up to say this. We need to throw her in the swamp with Bray Wyatt and lock the swamp. Yes, I'm saying put a lock on a body of water, like put a tarp uh, or it. a cover on top, and like, never like let her come back. Ground, yes. Like it's above ground pool. <laughs> yes, just put them underneath it and just, just let them, you know, rule that that place because this Abaddon shit. Like the the entrance was cool. The swerve with Anna J was cool, right? I watched her wrestle a couple more times after that. And then seeing the the wacky presentation of the like the zombie person, I'm like, I don't want to watch this shit. Like, I just want someone to get in there and fucking fight, like, right. and and wrestle. be like either athletic or Tough. like or wrestle or like you know be be a bad person or a good person. It's just like you're a fucking undead person. Like, fuck you. Like, I don't <laughs> take this Undertaker shit up the road. Like, I'm good, man. So, um, this was more of the show Dynamite. I was just hating. Like, I can't believe we're still talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and it's about to get like even crazier. So, uh, Diamante cut a pre-tape promo. It was nice of them to, uh, let her, let us know who she was. She said that she's worked on the Indies for 10 years and she's trying to get signed and, you know, a win over the champion would get her a contract. Um, uh, she didn't have to worry about that. Uh, she said she was willing to give her last breath in the match, and then all of a sudden they ran down the rules for the Deadly Draw Women's Tag Team Tournament, which is essentially Battle Bowl. Um, so it was going to begin at 7 p.m. on the AEW YouTube channel, um, and they said more rules would be announced uh, later tonight. We might as well just get to it now. Uh, so they drew by color. Um, so some of the teams that uh, people that are revealed to be involved, uh, there's uh, Anna Jay and Tainara Kanchi from NXT, uh, they are a team. I believe Allie and Brandy happened to draw the same color. Um, what a coincidence. They had, yeah. And then, um, I believe there is, oh, then we've got Nyla Rose, uh, drew one color and her partner came out of nowhere. Cameron, or the former Cameron, who goes by her real name, Ariane Andrew. When I saw her on the screen, I was like, "Oh my god, are what is this?" Like I've like, and apparently I, you know, I don't know how true this is. Like I hear her and Brandy Rhodes are very good friends, and Yeesh. you know, you start thinking about the Zack Ryder, and then it's just like. The, uh, if you know anything about their personalities, they seem like they might be friends uh, with Arian and Brandy. But never, nevertheless, um, well, I, there's yeah, one thing I saw Arian. There's one thing I've heard about uh, Arian. Is it Arian or Arian? Not sure. Okay, I'm gonna say Arian because Arian, you know, um, and, you know, that's a little too, you know. But um, Arian. So yeah. like. Uh, there's one thing I recall Man, I was, her like, saying, and then like once you put that 
next to she is possibly friends with Brandy. I, it makes me you, you already know what I'm going and thinking. I'm just like, oh god. Um, yeah. Like what? Look, how whatever, far down the? I don't really care about. It's it's just another thing that makes you roll your eyes. But ultimately, it's like, how good is she? how good is she going to be in this thing? And by all accounts, she hasn't wrestled since she got, uh, uh, let go or, or she stopped working at WWE. So it's like, she wasn't good. She was a bad wrestler when she was wrestling. And now she hasn't wrestled in matches in front of people in like four years. I don't know if you get better at pro wrestling by not wrestling, so we'll see. I'm like, how many people did we skip over oh, before yeah. we got to Arian Andrew? I, I mean... If she's coming in to just eat some pins for Nyla Rose, I get it, right? But, like... <laughs> How 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 far do you have to go before you get to her? I mean, travel ban that restricts you. Um, but I feel like you. I feel like you can find a lot. <laughs> you can find a lot more people uh, before you get to uh, before you get to her. I just do. Um, but we'll see. She's we'll a, see where this goes. Like, from what I'm gathering, right. She has a large following in the LGBTQ community. She was booked for Effie's event over WrestleMania weekend. So she was like training to come back. There are a couple of videos. Yeah, there are a couple of videos like, you know, where she's doing some different high spots to me that tells me nothing. Yeah, because they were doing um, about the same. your Brian, actual remember, pro wrestling ability. Right. Remember when Brian Kendrick was working with um, oh, what's her name? Uh, the the uh, red hair, Eva Marie, everything, Eva Marie, and she they was doing them high spots together, and that don't mean shit. Like they just don't. Yeah, and and even like the stuff I was saying from Eva Marie, like she was like taking bumps in it. Like Ariane was just like. You know, doing a little twist around DDTs and stuff like that. It's like, okay, you'll have your like two spots and then you'll look totally lost out there otherwise. Um, now if Arian Andrews, like, you know, we're, we're doing that level here. People got really upset that this would be on YouTube rather than on the real show. I'm going to take an unpopular stance possibly by saying, I'm glad it's on YouTube. Because these shits would be channel changers if we're <laughs> we're running Arion Andrew out here uh, to team up with Nala Rose and the fucking Nightmare Sisters. Like, I'm sorry, I'm changing the channel. Uh, put it, it if people want to watch it so bad. I believe this is uh, Floyd may have said this. Show show them how much you want to watch this. Uh, they're gonna have it. Uh, on YouTube, which everyone has, you know, on your phone, you, you, everyone can see it. So if, if you want to see this tournament and by proxy, the women of AEW get more, show up for them. Yeah. Uh, I never really thought about the YouTube thing until I heard about it, uh, last night or today. Um, (laughs) 
I have because no can we call interest. this what it really is? I have this, zero this, interest in this. Looks like it's a van eighty project for for Brandy. It's a van, well. I wasn't going to go there. I was going to say this looks like a just a scouting tool. Like so, they're just going to bring a bunch of people in, team them up, and see what they have, and have a reason for them all to get in the ring. Now, a Brandy Rose Vandy project. If you want to take off on that, go ahead. No, that's all I really had to say. Um, I think the thing for me is like, okay, it's, it, it is uh, it does matter to see someone or see people in person to evaluate their in-ring ability. Um, and obviously, you know, depending on how far people go, you get to see them more. But seeing that like most of the people they're going to bring in have multiple matches, wouldn't it also be more valuable to have seen them before you bring them in? Like, I, I just, you know, I, I, I don't know if they have with these people, but it's like, once you bring our, once you bring her in, I'm thinking just like, well, shit, I don't know how much, Literally I don't, anybody I don't know, I don't know how, now. right, right, right. It's like, I mean, there, there are, believe it or not, there are still talented women, American women, out there to to look into like there's still Zoe Sky slash Dust there's still Samantha Heights like, it's just I I just don't um I don't know man it's just, it's just like you know you hear about the uh, the NWA wrestlers and they you know they can seek opportunities like okay well then why don't you bring in Thunder Rosa and in uh in Allison K if someone that I don't even like particularly love like that is like she they're better than her flat out so uh, uh, just uh yeah this might be a um this this is a spot even like the um, amount of awesome matches that there's been for the women's division this year. Like you can, you can rattle off a list. I think yeah, I'd be willing to say, uh, with AEW, you, you see this thing, this thing, Riho, what Sheeta and Riho and everybody pretty much orbiting around them. I feel like though, I feel like the only good matches in AEW women division this year come from either have Sheeta in them or Riho in them. Am I missing anybody? Is there any match that doesn't have either one of them in there? I thought Chris Statlander and Penelope Ford was pretty good. Was um, that on Dynamite? What else? Or that, or was that on Dark? And no, I it was on Pay Per View. That was on Double or Nothing. The the last Pay Per View? Yeah, that was on Double or Nothing. I, I'd have to go back and look at it. It was like a last minute match because they they substituted Britt Baker out because of the knee injury. And then, you know, Penelope Ford and Carl Sheeta and Carl Sheeta and Britt Baker four way on the, um, yeah, uh, Riho and Nyla in the title change match. Uh, the four way on the first, I I believe they did another four way, uh, that was pretty good. Uh, I believe it was in Daly's place. Um, but yeah, like this, this is, uh, thing that is going to get a lot of um like we're going to see like whatever the fuck this is because we're going to get our next chapter on like what the fuck is happening here and 
is whatever they want to do with it, then I'll be ready on the other side <laughs> because I'm not anticipating some, you know, uh, thing that's going to turn this whole thing around because like, like they've been decimated by COVID and injury. And it's like, yeah, people don't seem to care uh, about either of those facts, but, um, figure it out. Like, I care, but I was also another thing was like, I also like, while I am giving you guys some grace for not some, I'll give you grace for the fact that like, you can't bring in, um, you know, your, some of your most talented women. And then also some of your more, more women that you were trying to push that are also some of your more talented women also got hurt. Um, like I also don't want to see most of your women's matches in no more. I given your situation, like, and it sucks. It's like, why at this point it's like, unless like, what's the best match they could do right now? Would it just be the rematch, the title rematch? Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if there's anything Um, even, I don't know if there's anything I would like really want to see besides that right now, out of the women's division right now. And granted, like, you, you would have to tell me about what they got on the under, what they have also on dark, but like, I mean, if they wanted to turn Kylan King into somebody, they could like okay. quickly. Um, as far as like anyone else, like Kenzie Page is like she's like Jungle Girl essentially, like just mm. a young girl. Okay. Um, but Anna if I were them, I, I would, this, this Dark Order thing, Dark Order thing. So they must feel that she's not ready. Um, if I were them, I would. Get Colin King's name on, you know, paper and start figuring it out and just let her start working. Wasn't Colin King, uh, wasn't her, wasn't she in another woman squashed by Nala Rose recently? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I don't know what you do. I don't know. How to, I don't know what you do from there. Oh, we put her on TV on her first night and get fucking squashed. All right. I mean. We're more forgiving than we were in the 80s, but damn, that wasn't... I don't think that was wise. Because Kyla King's yeah. tall, isn't she? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, know. she's like 5'9", something like that. So, um, yeah. Um, MJF, uh, state of the industry address. So, um, he is basically walking to the ring... Uh, handed out some MJF 2020 campaign posters. Uh, he has a red tie on. Dead giveaway. Um, <laughs> red tie. Then uh, he has like a red tie, white shirt, uh, bright blue suit. Or not bright blue suit, but like lighter than navy. Yeah, so he said, uh, wrestling fans are dumb, but he's been given ample time tonight to force feed the audience like you guys would feed a kid macaroni and cheese. Uh, he said Moxley is not his champion and repeatedly called him Dictator John. He said AEW was supposed to be about change and opportunity, but with Moxley on top, it's more the old guard. Uh, MJF then made like tons of inside references and he talks about how he's a bigger minute by minute ratings draw than John Moxley, which is hilarious because no one can actually know if that's true or not. Um, but know his delivery true. is so like, like his delivery is so great. It's like you might like either just get angry or buy it. One of those two. I um, rolled my eyes. And he said, uh, he said like Moxley. He, uh, you know, he's brainwashed the uh, friends and the expecting flips and dives. He said uh, Moxley, you know, his cosplaying is Austin. Um, it was funny because when he was cutting a promo, like I thought he was going towards Cody, but then it went to Moxley, but I thought it was del- his delivery was just so great. 
I like the promo overall. Um, he said, uh, Moxley for his, it was the first thing that woke me up from the malaise of Zack Ryder being there. Um, <laughs> um, he, he challenged him for, for the belt and said he's going to carry this company for the next 25 years. And you start thinking about his age. I'm like, wow. Like Jericho's 49 and 25 years ago, he was MJF's age. Like, <laughs> um, and I thought, uh, you know, I thought it was a good promo. I was, I was into this. I thought that this was a guy that has all the poise and my control in the world and there's more of that on display through all the times he's um he's done long promos on in front of an AEW um live audience or live crowd or whatever the hell you want to call this. And I thought that like all of that's on point, but he what he is saying is fucking nonsense and I do not care. Like for you to say that like Moxley, since he became president, is now has all these fuckers doing flips, and it's like, whoa, uh, what? And then also, like, in this time, for you to dress like Donald Trump, then make a joke, then make a parallel joke about birtherism with Obama. I don't care, bro. I just don't. I don't. And then, like, uh, I think I think you I think it was you that sent me this about how like tons of people turn that shit off and I'm just like well you're going through all this going on in real life and then you have this guy dress up like Trump and do a a a, a jokey a joke parody version of a Trump speech while like there are 150,000 people uh dead right now and the number is still increasing I see why people turn the shit off. It doesn't matter how well he delivered these lines. No one wants to see that those parallels. Like that dude is like, <laughs> bro, Georgia in polls right now. The state of Georgia, uh, Biden has a has a lead in right now. That's how bad this shit is right now. He's po- poison. Like, do not do not put that shit on your TV. With what the Trump joke shit, Trump joke shit, like get it away. It is poison. It's toxic. Keep it away. Like c- go out there and cut. And also, well, that no, that's not that's not his fault. But like, cause I'm not even gonna say what I was about to say. But, um, but yeah, just like cut. You know, do something else. This is the wrong time and place for that for these for that kind of those kind of parallels and jokes. Like, and and it didn't make no damn sense. You talking about a dude is like. Like the high flying John Moxley, what? Like that man <laughs> left WWE and does less flying. When was the last time you seen him do a toe? Yeah, bang? like. Been a minute, right? Been a minute. Now, as you think about it, like you know, maybe even one of the matches against Joe Janela, maybe uh, I can't remember. Maybe he um, had one against uh, so- Brody Lee. That I just don't remember. My point is like. That, yes. It just, it just did. didn't. It just. He did do on Brody Lee. Okay. So like the thing is just like nah, bro. Like wrong time, wrong place. Maybe that works. Maybe 2016, not 2020. Not with all this shit going on. No, like nah, bro. This ain't it. And it, you know, apparently like a bunch of other people felt the same way. It just, it just wasn't for me. This wasn't for me. Like he. he he tried his best or whatever else with the material he was, or he came up with whatever. The material sucked. All the other stuff in the presentation around it just sucked. Like, I don't give a fuck about the Donald Trump shit. 
just don't. Then um, we got the matches announced for next week. So it's Cody and Matt Cardona against Reynolds and Silver. Very interesting that Matt Cardona's gear um, that he's taking all these promo pictures and look like Dark Order colors. Um, we've got FTR and the Young Bucks and Paige and Omega against Brody Lee, Cabana, Grayson, and Uno. And five and ten, Jericho and Orange Cassidy debate with a special guest moderator. Um, there is a big rumor out there which you guys can go find. I will not ruin it for you. Uh, but, uh, there was also Santana and Ortiz against best friends announced, um, on Twitter today. Uh, after that, you know, we then got to the part of the show that, you know, or starting with the MJF that I like the rest of this show. Ricky starts cuts a fucking awesome promo. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like all the poise, all the confidence mm-hmm. and just like all the swag. Like, uh, I just remember a week ago, this man was wearing backless shoes and, you know, <laughs> I loved it. And, you know, very much the, the Ricky of Ricky and Clive show, uh, energy here. So, um, yeah, you know, Ricky, said, Ricky does wear those asshole shoes. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> What up, Rick? Uh, so, uh, Darby Allen got introduced, uh, but his music played, but he didn't answer it. But then Moxley came out. Taz cut a promo backstage and said, uh, Ricky starts beat up Darby Allen so bad that he couldn't show up tonight. Taz then bragged about Cage's delts and his traps and his biceps. Look at the, yeah, I fucking howled. Like, Taz is ridiculous. <laughs> look at the delts. So, look at, look at the, his traps. He's like, dude, I think he said the traps were as big as mountains or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Then uh restarts cut his own promo, all that was great. Yeah. And then they those guys came out and all of a sudden Who's that jumping out the sky? Oh my god. <laughs> D R D A R B Y And someone with a fucking coffin drop from the top of the entrance set. Uh it just fantastic. fell out out of thin air. Dude. And then uh Allen and Starks paired off and Moxley and Cage paired off before the bell. It that was awesome. Like I the second it happened, I, I went to the thread and I said, "Someone find me that gift now of him just tight shot on these two turning around. And all of a sudden, a a body just falls from the sky. It was almost as if like, imagine if like one of those nights, like all of a sudden, Sting and, and WWE had like just repelled upon all them dudes. It was just like that, except like no breaks, no breaks at all. It just." <laughs> just yeah. He's out of his mind. He's two weeks. He's two weeks removed from a concussion. He's out of his mind. Yep. Darby, don't give a damn, Allen. So um, these guys had a uh, tornado tag match. Really good, good brawl here. Um, and till the uh, very end, uh, we'll skip to that. We're probably running a little long on time, but um, um, Darby Allen pulled out a tack covered skateboard from underneath the ring. No so trucks. word around um, the the uh, lexicon or whatever the hell, uh, Ricky Starks felt really bad for concussing Darby Allen a couple weeks ago and said uh, he's going to make it up to Darby. He was telling people that. So Darby Allen fucking ollie or fucking gives this man an ollie and like fucking like uh, you know the the fifty fifty grind across <laughs> this man's back with with the uh, tack cover sp- skateboard uh, and, and hit the double stomp with the tack on uh, tack board on Ricky Starks. Starks immediately was bleeding everywhere. 
this looked like way worse than the Cody um, taking the bump in the thumbtacks uh, oh, from, oh. you know, his magic is Eddie Kingston. Oh, you mean like when Cody took this tax the week before in the opener? Now do you under, now do people understand why we say like they do too, blood too much and like Cody needs to stop because now you're like you're gonna numb people up to this shit. He's stepping on like the other people. Like, like it, you, you pl- it's like did he know they were gonna do this match a couple weeks ago? Like or it, like why is Cody doing people's gimmicks a couple weeks before they do them? He pulls in with the truck before FTR. Uh, he bleeds before Orange Cassidy bleeds. Uh, he does the fucking tax before Darby can do the fucking tax here. What's going on here? And now it's like, okay, so what's that? The third time we've done tax on AEW television or pay-per-view in the last, what, uh, eight months, nine months. It's like, do you really need to do tax that often? Do really, do we need, really need to see blood? Like, bro, there's blood on like every single episode. Now it used to be like every other episode. Now there's blood on literally every, every episode, every episode. Like, and I don't mean like it happened on accident. I mean, plan blood. Like, you get, you ask for thumbtacks, you're gonna bleed. Like, I, like, granted, like, we've seen some, like, I guess ruptured eardrums or people bleeding out their ears really weird, like, uh, Orange Cassidy or Orange Luchasaurus. Cassidy. Yeah. But, like, there have been, like, planned blood, like, three times, like, three out of every four shows now. They need to be yeah. reined in. They just, they just well, I don't even notice it anymore. I, I, I barely notice it so anymore. Special like, <laughs> now. Oh, he's bleeding. Oh, so it's yeah. So it's just a Wednesday. Gotcha. Great. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, I like so the match though. They ended up getting the pin on. Yeah, I like the match too. Uh, they got the pin on uh, Ricky Starks while Mox had Cage in the armbar. Um, after that, Darby then pointed at Mox and said he wants the belt. Then there seemed to be some controversy broke out. Why is Darby Allen challenging for the title? He's only number five. You know, on the radio, I'm like, I feel like I've talked about it on the show. You guys are smart people that listen to this show. Uh, I, w- I would assume that you are smart if you listen to One Nation Radio. Like, if if you are not smart, like, I, you know, unfortunately, I we have to educate you. But, like, there's not a ranking system in the world. That <laughs> that forces you to fight the number one contender at all times. Like you don't have to be the number one contender to get a shot at the belt. Like it's a ranking system. So like fight the third guy, you can fight the fifth guy, you can fight the first guy even. But like obviously this is pro wrestling and there's like storytelling elements for it. Um, they usually do the number one contender at the pay per view. So like he's not going to be the number one contender. So that's. It's a it's a TV match. You have to allow yourself to kind of receive what they're trying to give you here. Like, you're explaining, if, you're, if explaining you, you're you're really explaining this in a way that you don't have to. In real fucking competitive sports, you don't have to be top five to get it. You don't have to be number one to get be the number one contender or to get a title shot or or whatever else. Like so, if you're in the top five, good enough. Is the match instant? Will it draw? Okay, bring the match. No one gives a fuck about the rest of that stuff. Like so, whatever. Like if y'all are upset about I, I, that, I feel like I it's a bunch t- of. But those are people, those are people that are operating under bad faith. So I'm not really trying to extend. I'm not really, right. I'm not really trying to spend my time on them. It's just like real sports. It's it's trying to be sent close to uh, real sports by doing this. Take it up with real sports, not not the fake TV show that's emulating the real sport. Take it up with real sports. So yeah. moving on from there. Uh, you know, why are they doing? Everyone's trying to go. Gotcha. Like. 
<sighs> yeah, I get you. And like, nah, you ain't get shit. Like, but but like, why are they yeah. doing this match? Outside of that part, like, I have no problem with somebody's number f- is ranking in the top five getting a title shot. But yeah. my problem is, why are they doing this match? This match. This particular match. Why do you lose people? So Darby and Moxley, when Moxley's already beat beat Darby in like January or February of this year, um, they've done the tag stuff, and Darby has done nothing but he lost to Cody. Uh, and when they're in, that was a Georgia show, wasn't it? He lost to Cody in Georgia. Yes, yeah, lost to Cody in Georgia because he's a dumbass that apparently is a former world tilt or champion on, on, to a tilt. He couldn't, you know, he he just couldn't lift himself up, even though he was on he was on top of Cody. Whatever. Um, you have the whole thing play out where he he's big time and um Taz was pissed off Taz and makes him unleash the machine. So that me so then he shelves him, machine shells him in that ladder match, and it's like they're destined to have a match between Darby and Cage, and like I ain't beating Darby in 2020 with Brian. I'm not beating uh, Brian Cage 2020 with with Darby. Not happening this year. So at the loss to another big homie, or a big big time heavyweight dude, he loses. He he next time he actually has this match confrontation with with Cage, he's gonna lose to a heavy a big time heavyweight dude. And now you're gonna set him up to lose again to another big weight heavyweight dude. Why are they doing this? Best case now, scenario, if you, you want to have issues, like, uh, best case scenario is draw. Yeah. That that would be what I would book, right? But like, if you want to take issue with the ranking system, where you take issue with it, it's kind of like how when Bomani said, like, you all the thing about the NFL not starting. It ain't the NFL that you need to be worried about. It's fucking college. Like, like, kind of like it's not the like you shouldn't be mad the number five person is getting a shot, right? You should be wondering who the fuck the number five person is. Like when you start going through the records and shit like that. I know it's not strictly based on like the numbers on the records, right? Mm-hmm. But if you want to like be absent of context and just lay the records down next to each other, it's like Sean Spears has been better, Kip Sabian's been better, Scorpio Sky's been better. Like all of them guys could have been ranked number five and been in there and got this or whatever, right? So I think they're trying to do a match that can you know pop a number. Darby's been in the main event before, like getting the title yeah. match yeah. Uh, a couple times and. I guess, you know, if they figure if he's in there with a top guy, and I hate this logic, if he's in there with a top guy, then he's a top guy. Like, it doesn't always work like that because that takes, like, special ability from whoever said a top guy is to make, you know, that person look like they are on the level. I'm not saying John Mosley can't do this, right? Right. But And he did do that with Darby the first match they had at the beginning of the year. Right. Like, I'm not saying that they can't do this, right? Mm-hmm. But Darby taking another loss. And I know the, right. the, the thing with Darby, this is how it wasn't evolved. You fucking beat him. You beat him like a drum until you can't beat him no more. And then he finally gets his, like, you know, crowning victory. And I am still convinced he will one day be the AEW champion, right? Mm-hmm. But th- the timing of this feels like it, it just feels really rushed. He and just it's got like, back. well, yeah. Come. Yeah, it like, feels rushed, but I, like I figure they beat him here so they can send him back down the rankings. Because if he wins, then you got to keep putting, or not even if he wins, even if he draws, which that's what I would do, then you have to keep him where he is. So I think some of this stuff is like you got to 
beat somebody to take them out the rankings, essentially. So, so they can cycle someone else in to do whatever. But I'm going to say I don't know. I'm going to say the same thing that I said earlier in the show about um, this Tam Nakano and Julia thing, right? Um, I don't like the idea of you booking a match and your fan base comes away thinking like the best case scenario given what this company does and also for the sake of both for both competitors involved involved is a draw. Like you never want to go you don't want to go into it like that. So um like that's the best They have not abused it. us with the draws though. They've only done one this right, right, year right. and ironically right. it was uh, I think it was with Pac and Mox. No, no, it wasn't this year. No, nah, that was the end. Uh, of last year. I think that was still last year. Yeah, that was last year. Um, that went. TV so it's been a while since they've done one draw. Um, yeah, I, <clears throat> I, I just, I just don't, I just think you have no, you shouldn't be being Darby coming right back. Like this is a situation where like he, he, because it's like. Is this match, and then you know, or you quote unquote know what's ahead of him once he gets to the cage match too, or sorry, the mm-hmm. Brian cage match, not a match in a cage. But so it's just like, okay, so now we're just st- like we're just scheduling these shits in now, okay. Um, and he just came back after being off, and like I don't know if that was a, a legitimate injury time away or if it was just like tele that, that was something that he created um, to tell a story of, you know, you know, you hurt this dude and now he's coming back and he's going to be, you know, on the war path. And it's like, he got concussed. <laughs> Fuck. And then he's like, all right, now he's going to go out here and do two, you know, two jobs are just standing there on the horizon. It's like, I just don't like the idea of like, hopefully we can, we can like make this better for this dude's like long-term outlook by giving him draws. Like, I just, like somebody got a like, win. I think he'll get a win. He'll, he'll get a win over Ricky Starks and before he uh, fights Cage. I imagine. I hope. I hope. Yeah. And I, I, that's a good match. I want to uh, see that match. By the way. Um. Yeah, but this was not my this this show. Like after the the Zack Ryder thing, just kind of sent me into a malaise. I didn't wake up from until like oh. the last half hour. I was blowing up the group chats with negativity. <laughs> I was just pissed. Uh, flat out like the 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 cronyism the you know I, I was on twitter going off about it and if you guys want to you know check that out you can but it was just a night where it was like man sometimes like, like i don't know what it is like because i for me this is the best promotion going right but then the things they do wrong i get so much more mad because i'm like you're fucking better than this like or at least i think you are I, like the standard that you set it seems like you know, if there's a, a step in the wrong direction, it's like I feel like it could all go awry, and I don't want it to. Uh-huh. So that's yeah, um, yeah. I, I just uh... oh, another thing to mention as far as like the end of the show. So Darby gets announced for this match next week for the title match. Meanwhile, like you run into the same issue. Um, that we were talking about, uh, I think we talked about it early in the show with WWE main roster on Raw, where it's like, okay, Randy Orton calls out McIntyre for SummerSlam, but 
He's about to go wrestle Dolph Ziggler on this very same show. Like, we know it's a sport, and that officially could mean that, like, you know, Ziggler could win, and it could be Ziggler versus Randy Orton. However, we're not fucking idiots. We've watched enough wrestling to know what that means. Like, you <laughs> undercut your match, and that's why the, uh, they edited out that Ziggler versus McIntyre this week was a title match. They basically got rid of that because they realized, like, oh, yeah, we made this mistake to telegraph what the finish of this match is going to be, and we basically eliminated, the, like, the intrigue behind a title match or whatever else. So, they have... MJF say he wants Moxley next, and then you know that's like that is anybody with a brain knows. Okay, so that's the, the all-out match more than likely, right? Um, and then he's like, right. okay, well here's this Darby match. It's like, bro, twenty minutes later, you have him call this dude out for a future match, and twenty minutes later, you put in um Darby and. Uh, for a match, it's like a match he's gonna lose that you already feel he's gonna lose before you even throw in like what just happened 20 minutes before with the MJF thing. It's like, damn, bro, like, I don't know why y'all would do this. Why couldn't y'all just wait a week with the MJF thing? Or better yet, like, I, I, in my mind, I was snarky, like, better yet, why don't you just not do the MJF thing at all with the Trump shit? But whatever, like, you could that could have there was no pressing need for the MJF thing to be shot this week. Could have waited a week. Could have. Yeah, it could have been next week. Yeah, for sure. Like the because like if it's one thing I believe in is like feeling like anything can happen. Like that's why the Anna J and Abaddon thing I think worked so well because yeah. it was like subverted. Like and I'm not saying like you know a shot in the world title like win like i don't think that's the best thing for the company either right. so it's like try to protect the match as much as possible maybe you know because even if you want to say well you know like because my thinking is like okay i mean they normally have you know the champion defend the belt on tv between the cycles like a kind of a regular thing um but i could easily see someone like saying well yeah you already like I mean, I feel like you already know Moxley's still going to be the champion either way. So, right, right, I mean, it's right. like, uh, if you want to make it an issue, you can, but whatever. I feel like, you know, Zack Ryder showing up as, like, Cody's third best friend is a more pressing issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, what time is it? Oh, two hours and 17 minutes is this thing? Oh, God. Um... Long story short, NXT was a better show than Dynamite was this week. Um, I suggest you check out Gargano versus uh, Roderick Strong. The match was great. Um, another great match was Jake Atlas versus Swerve. Um, they Swerve got the win. He is gearing up for his match against... Uh, uh, Santos Escobar, almost called him Pablo Escobar. Um, getting back to the Johnny and, and well, we know what it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, getting back to the the Johnny and uh, Roger Strong match. Um, great match. Uh, I, I want to see. I want to see more of them together, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, Undisputed came back. Like they sh- they shot. They showed the uh, McAfee stuff. And then, like, Adam Cole comes on TV, and then, like, they talk about, like, you know, 
they don't even mention that shit. They just like they showed it and then like oh yeah they're back and then like the real thing is that like um, O'Reilly came back. He cut this fiery promo talking about like bro we we have not let, lost touch. We still we're still the bullies on this block. We're, let's go run this show again. They um after it after uh Bartella Eichner squash Everise. So Everise gets two back to back appearances on NXT. They uh, undisputed comes out and whoops their ass. I don't know where that's leading to. Um, well, actually, I do know where it's leading to. We're going to have it. I believe it's the NXT t- uh, tag team title match between Eitner and Bartel and O'Reilly and Fish. And I'm like, all right, enough fucking title matches for O'Reilly and Fish. We fucking get it. Like that. Like. <laughs> If, if, I don't think they're going to win, but if they were to win, that means they'd be the three-time tag champs, those two. Enough. Yikes. Enough. Um, so, Keith Lee and... Uh, yeah, Keith Lee came out and cut, a, cut the... I'm... Like, I'm going to... Like... How do I say this? He laid this out like, you want to come out here... And play these fucking games, talking about your Mr. TikTok. Meanwhile, you hand people a hourglass with sand in it that makes no fucking sense. Um, you've done all this, all this nonsense, nonsensical garbage, as opposed to manning up and tell me what you want. So I'm going to do something you can't do. Name the time, name the place, whatever you want to do. Let's do this. Um, out comes Cameron Grimes. Remember Cameron Grimes before we even had the Cole and Lee match. The number one contender. Proclaimed himself to be the number one pretender, uh, contender because he is a shithead. Uh, comes out and talks all this noise. We get the camera shot where we see Keith Lee's face looking like he is ready to murder him with his mind. Uh, as he comes out there hot dogging and he's like, Keith Lee, why don't you pay attention to me? Pay attention to me. You don't hear me talking to you? He, Keith Lee turns around, flashes, snatches him by the neck, brings him over the top rope, throws him to the corner. Out comes Scarlet. Scarlet gestures towards the uh, Titantron. Cross says to Keith Lee, now that I have your attention, um, I want to let you know that uh, this can go one of two ways. The easy way or the hard way, and you don't even want to know what the hard way is. Um, I thought that he was inferring about uh, Mia. So is, it, is he doing the Luthez gimmick? You stupid. He going to shoot? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but... Uh, I think he, I think that was an inference Man. on Mia, but they didn't they didn't go to it yet. And I, we're supposed to stay tuned to see what this could possibly mean. However, Keith Lee said, uh, as this is happening, um, after at, at that video cuts out, this dumbass Grimes tries to attack Keith Lee. Keith Lee grabs him actually catches him during a mid-run and lifts him high in the sky. He could almost touch the he could almost touch the uh the arena center uh Titantron thing that you know where you see the scores of, of games, whatever else. You see graphics at the top. He can almost touch the roof yeah. of the building and he brings him down with the spirit bomb. Uh and then Keith Lee says, you know, uh he's done with the bullshit or whatever else and I thought it was a great 
whole segment of letting you know like the 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 baby face Keith Lee that you know they pushed him as to be like the John Cena Rock Roman Reigns MC person like that is a, that is an element of Keith Lee but there is also pissed off Keith Lee and pissed off Keith Lee is dangerous you want no smoke with that fucking guy so I loved it um trying to think of other things that happened Mercedes Martinez came out in in a squash match where she was on the defense for most of the match against Shotzi puts her away with a uh, a choke um there was uh oh at the beginning of the show this 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 one check this out so the week before Dakota Kai called out EO because for weeks she's wanted a title shot Tegan got a title shot two weeks ago EO put her away beat her clean and as EO's walking up the ramp in comes Dakota with the black air forces and booted EO in the face so last week she did a video package saying I'm going to see you next week and once you get the taste back into your mouth that I booted out of it bring the NXT women's title with you so this week first person comes out was EO to the ring you think oh there's a match all of a sudden Dakota comes from behind her and and hits her and attacks her and starts fighting then all of a sudden Tegan comes out then Candace comes out so all of a sudden basically without Teddy Long showing up and saying tag match players next thing you know it's a tag match they have a tag match it's a good match EO was great in it um, at the end, they pulled the Drew McIntyre rich, where Dakota is realize she reasons he leaves, realizes like we're fucked, we're about to lose. Tags in Candice goes up to the goes up the ramp. Candice ends up in the ring. Eo uh, whoops her, hits her with a moonsault, lands on her head. Looks like it looked like landed on her head with the moonsault, and I don't mean like the yeah. the normal moonsault. I mean like the vicious Muda hard straight line down, as opposed to you know the, the you know the up and down, just a straight line down uh, moonsault on yeah. on uh, Candice. Um, yeah, so I don't know um, what happened here, but clearly things have changed, and is one of those changes where it's like. If this was still a taped show that taped three to four episodes in one WAP, there wouldn't have been no weird change. It, it would what what was said about we were going to have some confrontation or match would have happened, as opposed to whatever the fuck this was. But it was a good match. Mm-hmm. Um. So also later in the show, Dakota, um, still proclaims herself the number one contender, even though she still has the issue of her never beating anybody. And in comes Rhea. Rhea says, like, get out my way, you puny pest. And then, uh, Dakota no one basically would ever said, talk like that. No, she didn't actually say it. I'm, I'm just, she didn't actually say it. I'm just, oh, saying, okay. Like, she, 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 she big time, <laughs> like, man, that WWE verbiage. She, like, you, you never know. Good point, good point. But no, she didn't say that. Just, yeah, she basically, yeah, yeah, I could definitely hear that. Um, but yeah, she basically said, like, get out my way, like, eels mine. And then she basically, like, I was about to cower it out and then said, well, we'll see what Regal has to say about that. Um, so next week is Rhea versus uh, Dakota Kai for number one tender hey, match. Rhea Ripley. All blonde. Yeah. Um, but what, there's one thing you need to pay attention to, right? Over the last, uh, the last three weeks, 
yeah, last three weeks, there has been no sight of Raquel Gonzalez. So you know what that means? She's going to just up, she's going to materialize out of nowhere and cost Rhea Ripley more than anything, or more more than likely. Like, oh, you forgot about my friend that like I, has just not been around. Well, she's still with me, and and you you've been fucked. So I'm go not how go. So now Rhea, yeah. now that you've been fucked, go fight your go fight your friend. <laughs> Raquel, your real life friend in a in a television program. I can see it. I can see it from all the way. I can see it from all the way. I don't want to see. I don't want to see Rhea Ripley have to carry Raquel Gonzalez. I don't. I want to see Eos Rivers Rhea Ripley. Don't doesn't everyone well, else? I mean, I mean. I don't know, man. Like and the options is Dakota Kai versus Rhea. This still feels like got Charlotte Residue on it. Well, as far as Rhea, yeah. yeah so it's like that, I'd rather see Dakota Kai and Io. Uh, I mean, the match. Look, I don't mean to say it like uh, as if like Dakota <laughs> Kai is not very good because she is very good. Um, it's just you spent like two years telling me she's a fucking geek. So why do I want to see your challenge well, for the title? At least like it's it, it, at least it's like something where we can clearly cheer for EO and <laughs> not like you know EO and Rhea where it's like, well, what the fuck is Rhea Ripley like, and what the fuck is EO like? Nah, man, like like they gotta go away, they gotta stay away for a while until they get more defined or whatever. Like, so it was funny. I saw um, Rhea Ripley with that hair, and she was like, I figured. What happened to me at WrestleMania will never happen again. <laughs> you dumb. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh yeah, the fucking main event. Oh yes, there was something else. I've been and I've been waiting. Uh, let me let me look through here to make sure because I'm doing it off the top of my head. Um, let me make sure I'm not forgetting anything. The main event. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying there might be other stuff to talk about. Just give me a second. I might have to go through this. All right. Gotcha. Talk about a women's title match. Um, talk about Gargano and Strong being a great match. Talk about Mercedes Martinez. <laughs> Squash somebody after taking most of the offense as a heel. Um, talk about Ever Rise and Undisputed. Uh, talk about Swerving Atlas. Uh, oh, yes. Damian Priest. There was a Ridge Holland, the former Dan Matha promo or vignette. He's going to be in a no, qualifying. The former tri- Luke Menzies. That was Luke Menzies. Okay, yeah, okay. Sorry, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Former Luke Menzies. So next week he shows up. He still has a sh- the. Uh, I think it's a shillelagh is what they call it. Um, he's showing up and he's facing uh, in the qualifier, triple threat qualifier against uh, Damian Priest and. Uh, oh, Orny Lorcan. Yep. So that's imagine. Think about like that mismatch of talent like I like Priest and Lorcan I want to see one of those matches but like I don't I remember watching uh Holland before and I was like oh he's he's there um so you have that and then um then you get to Dexter Loomis versus Timothy Thatcher versus Finn Balor in a triple threat match to qualify for the North American title ladder match oh man um I feel like they are doing some a, a concessions with Loomis so far to where he sells more now. 
they've done this thing where he's a tortured artist instead of a serial killer. Whatever. I don't care. Um, he did this flip thing that made, like, Alvarez, like, flip a shit, saying it like, oh, that was clearly fake, when I'm like, okay, but, like, I saw him do that on NXT, like, in in the summer of last year. He can do it, actually. Uh, whatever. Uh, in front of a live audience. So, um, Balor and Thatcher, when they were in the ring together, it was good. My problem is, you get to the end of the match, and after Thatcher has done all this work to ward one guy off as he gets to work over uh, Balor's leg, he gets to the point where he actually slap on the ankle lock, and he grapevines the leg, and Balor's trying to crawl, but he, he seems to be fucked, he's done. And then from behind comes doing the arm crawl slither in thing that he does our favorite our favorite residential badass got choked out and passed out by Dexter fucking Loomis and he is now going to fight for the North American title in a ladder match so, so far, the two inches we have are two breakout tournament guys from last year, Dexter Loomis and Bronson Reed. Two guys that, well, one guy that we clearly know is talented, but is like now getting his due, his run after being around for a full year. And another guy that has been on TV week after week after week for like the last, since like February. And is not, not getting over, and is doing nothing but doing the opposite of getting over. Like they show him on TV, they give him more spots, they give him wins, and all he does is like kill the rating. People don't want to watch that shit. People don't understand the character. It's, it's. I think. I don't know this, but I feel like if he were just a regular guy and he got to wrestle his match. He he seems like he could have good matches. The problem is, I don't give a damn how good you are. Doing this gimmick is death in 2020 on a no BS promoted promotion. No one wants to see Dexter no one. Loomis. No one tuned into NXT to watch fucking Dexter Loomis. Do Dexter that. Loomis do that shit. Defeating the tough white man, Timothy. Thatcher's Thatch can shooter Thatcher by submission is one of the worst booking decisions of 2020. Yes. How the fuck do you have this man do weeks and weeks and weeks of vignettes having him showing submission holds? How do you have him do multiple matches with the Oni Lorcan? beating the fuck out of each other and submitting him. How do you have him write off Matt fucking Riddle in the fight pit? Right. And then Dexter Loomis submits him. Right. This was flat. I, like, we have a spoiler rule in our group chats. This was so bad that I I broke the rule and was like, they had Dexter Loomis submit who? What? And then at that point, I was like, wrestling is fucking like horrible this week like like what the fuck is going on who booked this this is horrible like I, I would never do this okay so I didn't see the spoiler you put in there luckily I guess but like I because um Imp hit me up um asked me to come on the show I got a copy of NXT I, procured, I procured an episode of NXT and I watched it um 
the next day, like in the afternoon or whatever else. And and I'm or in the evening, and I was like, watch. I was like, what? Like, if your idea is, well, we don't want Finn Balor or Thatch to actually be in this match, then don't book them in the fucking qualifier. Like, right. Like, there's I'm an not, easy way I'm around not, this. Like, Marco Chapa in this shit. Like, if your idea is, well, we don't want to, we don't want, like, we want them to be on TV, but we don't want them to be in this ladder match, and I suggest, like, I don't know what to tell you, bro, but, like, this ain't it. Like, it it was just dumb. It was just flat out dumb. Like, like, and I don't mean it was dumb as if, like, it's impossible to imagine, like, you know, Loomis or anyone coming up from behind Thatcher while Thatcher has a submission hold of his own and he, you know, he's unsuspecting. Like, he caught him slipping. Like, obviously, that, that part's fine. But the idea of you push this but guy, that dude. you put, you push, exactly, you push this guy since he came in to fucking matter and then you have him at, and given that he's a submission guy, like, you had him get, get submitted and I'm not submitted, but he passed out or whatever else. It's like, you could have came up with a million different ways to, uh, you could have came up with something else besides him getting beat by a choke, getting choked out. Like, I, I, I'm i sorry. Like, I guess the only thing worse would be, like, had he made him slapped on, like, a Kimura and made him tap like a bitch. I guess that's the only thing that would have been worse than that, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it, Loomis has an impact finish he could have did. Like, you know, maybe they just didn't want to pin him, and then they just figured this is a better protection. But it's I worse. Mean, is it really like? No, it's worse. Like because Damn. like he he's a fucking submission shooter guy. Like I'm sorry, like just pin him. Yeah, like I don't. First off, I wouldn't I wouldn't be beating him with Dexter Loomis. Period. But um, True. but if you but if you must, do not submit him. Like you yeah. should say, like they should no matter saved, what, no matter what it is, you they should have saved that for some. They should have saved that for some beginning of some program with somebody where Thatcher like loses fucking mind because someone submit caught him slipping or whatever else. Like, and then Thatcher was like, "I'm gonna submit every motherfucker until I get back to you." Like, right? But my thing is like, look, maybe they are going to eventually go, do Loomis versus Thatcher. Um, however, I don't want to see that shit. Yeah, the, the, the dude um, that doesn't sell versus a submission specialist, does that sound like a good match to you? That don't sound like none, like, compatible or, like, that sounds like change the channel. That sound that sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. A dude that doesn't sell versus a submission specialist. Great. What? It I, might if, as well be bungee if, jumping. If you are going to do that, what I need you to do is 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 move on to the AEW pattern of having time limits on there, so that I can go ahead and, and know that you're going to have that match. And I can say, well, I know that's going to be a 20 minute time limit draw, and I can I cannot watch it. <laughs> is it is the yeah. immovable force? What is it? The immovable force versus the uh, the unbreakable object, or whatever the hell that that like thing is called. Like, I, don't, I don't give a fuck. Irresistible force versus immovable object. Irresistible force, immovable object. Take shit off my TV screen. Fuck off. So, um, yeah. yeah, terrible, terrible, great wrestling, Sorry. bad main event. Welcome to WCW. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, even more, um, bad stuff. New Japan. Um, 
So they, Okada and Sugabayashi, announced the creation of the KOPW title. So this stands for King of Pro Wrestling Wrestling title. Some people have clowned and said it is Kazushika Okada Pro Wrestling. Some people have clowned and said it is the Kenny Omega Pro Wrestling. Um, And I hope I don't step on what Keeping It Strong style is going to uh, get on this, but I I believe Josh is going to probably bring something up. I'll leave it for him to say um, regarding this, uh, this whole thing, but um, I think it's, this isn't New Japan. This is, and, and it's odd that people are excited about this now, uh, and, and the timing of, of this and previous things that have happened in New Japan that just, you know, cause I seem to remember there were some ladder matches, you know, a couple years ago and just, you know, people weren't too receptive to them. And, um, uh, now it's just such a good thing, but bro, this is goofy as fuck. So, uh, the KOPW title is, it essentially is going to be four matches well, can, where can I stop you there? why is it called the king yeah. obviously i know obviously there's a bunch of different like things lost in translation but why in the fuck is it called the king of pro wrestling uh title or trophy or, or whatever the hell they're calling it by them doing matches that aren't like traditionally pro wrestling they're gimmicks wouldn't this be the gim- wouldn't this be the king of gimmick wrestling right Right. Okay. So eight men are going to have four singles matches at Cork and Hall. Each man will bring a stipulation of his choice to the match, and the fans will decide by vote which stipulation the match will be contested under. The four men that win those matches... (laughs) Right. The four men that win those matches will go on to the four-way at Summer Struggle, but the winner of that match will not be the KOPW champion just yet. Instead, he will be a provisional champion, and he'll have to defend his provisional title so imaginary belts james like imaginary belts of an imaginary belt because there's not actually a physical title um through the rest of the year and the winner of the last such match in 2020 will be declared the kopw 2020 champion and claim the trophy with the process to repeat next year to describe the 2021 champion this is as convoluted as anything i've ever fucking heard of in any promotion ever um and, and I don't know I thought, what Gato's doing. <laughs> and here I thought having a series of triple threat matches so then you can all put the, the winners into a ladder match to win the yes. North American title was convoluted. This this is this even worse somehow. Like you have your ma- you it, there's eight of you guys. We're gonna have a tournament. We're gonna pair you together and you also gotta bring what a gimmick. So all you guys are gonna have gimmick matches to get through this fucking thing, and then after that are wait, are after the after the provisional champion's name, will he then be having regular matches or gimmick matches that will be decided on the WWE app as well? They did not say the provision uh, defending the provisional championship if those will be gimmick matches or okay. not. So those presumably could be singles matches. Okay, that's nice. But apparently, this was Okada's idea, and he announced it at the pr- press conference. I'm like, man. So whenever Okada doesn't have the IWGP championship, he loses his goddamn mind. Apparently, that's his new gimmick. Um, I this reeks of like I don't know if Gato is going through a horrible cocaine binge. I don't know if Gato is like just lost his mind. This combined with Evil being the champion, uh, him and Hiromu Takahashi have a okay match. 
Yeah, they. I wouldn't have even given it four stars, but you know, like New Japan, like seems like they're like I don't know what the fuck's going on, but there's some weird shit happening, and it's a whole lot of cap going on too with with people that don't want to call it cap with that with cap shit that's going on. So uh, I'll let uh, Keeping Strong Style uh, hammer that home. I believe you know where they're going to go with it tomorrow um, or in two days. so, I don't know, man. This is this is weak. Like, I, I don't I don't know what the fuck this is. Like, I think the matches are going to be good, but just like you said, it's not New Japan. It's like I don't even know what the fuck this is. It's like okay, so hardcore match, last man standing match, cage match. Uh, like uh, okay, like cool. I ladder match. Like, cool, I guess. But it's like. For some like what in the in the pantheon or the, in the ranking system of or if you were to rank like uh, accomplishments and titles or trophies whatever you want to say in in New Japan like you it's I just don't I I don't see like why anybody that's actual like real top person like if this was a real sport would want to put themselves through all this punishment to win like the third most important tournament of the week of the year. I'm sorry, the fourth most important tournament of the year. And then it's like, if they win this title, it's like, is it, is this more important than a never title? I don't think so. So it's like, at least a never championship actually has a belt. Right. So it's like, all right, heavyweight intercontinental. So like, uh, (coughs) us, I, or never is like so you're going so you're going to potentially put yourself through a uh, a cage match for the fifth biggest belt uh, or fifth biggest championship in the in the least prestigious tournament that we have going. Oh, and Okada's Yo, going to go through that. They throwing anything at the wall? Nonsense, nonsense. I, I, well, I watched the match. They, they throwing sure anything at the wall? Like, right it don't mean nothing. This shit means nothing. They're having a whole bunch of matches and putting them, having to do a bunch of crazy shit for nothing, for a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. And meanwhile, people can't even react to this shit. Like they just got to clap. <laughs> like it's so weird. Um. So, you know, even. You know, with that, there are more tournaments in New Japan to be announced. So, like, when you don't know what to do, book a tournament. So, um, all the dates at Corrigan Hall seemed to kind of like, you know, everyone was kind of speculating like what would happen, whether this was a, you know, quick way to try to do a best of Super Juniors. It turned out to be, um, you know, with the booking mess that the Never Six Man belts have, you know, gone vacant now with uh, Evil. You know, uh, joining Bullet Club and his partners in LAJ. So go through the teams real quick. So we have the three man unit of Kazushko Okada, Toriyano, and Sho taking on quite possibly the worst three man unit ever assembled in the history of professional wrestling. Is it the Bullet Club? Jado. Yep. Jado, Gato, and Yujiro Takahashi. I don't know if you can find a worse team, uh, you know, like the Washington Generals think those guys are a horrible team. I, I think I have one, Rich. Natsutora, Natsu Samire, and Saki Kashima. No, Saki Kashima like is way better than Yujiro Takahashi in this context. What 
Okay. And Gato and Jado like oh, might as well be like immobile and not be able to move. I believe that all I believe that Natsuko and Saki are better than them when they're really trying to wrestle. However, since this like since they've pushed done this Natsuko Tora push, all they're doing is trying to like have bullshit matches for heat. Like okay, so for example, um one of the things I like about starting, I've taught you about this, like, they rarely, almost never do DQs, right? Like, they have had either four or five DQs since 2000, since it became 2018, right? They've done two, uh, since June with Nasco Tora. I'm, I am, I am over this shit. Like, when you, like, me talking about this, uh, during, or beginning of the show about, like, how I do not want no parts of Nascotor shit, is because it is, like, they're doing fuck shit around here. I do not want to see her rustle. I just don't. So, um, even, even, even then, still, like, it is close with Jotto, because Jotto, Jotto, so what? 31 years, this biz. <laughs> A fucking mess. Like I still can't get over to how uh, slow that man walked down during the fucking double time bro, match. I still can't. Bro, get over he that. made Luke Gallows look fleet of foot. He made Luke Gallows look like he was faster. <laughs> he was. <laughs> I can't even get it out. He made it like he was faster than <laughs> than Leo Rush. <laughs> <laughs> so the bottom left side of the bracket, we've got Team Lij Sonata, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi will be taking on the Suzuki Goon trio of Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, and Doki. So uh, that's a pretty interesting match. That should be. Um, then uh, we got our right side top of the bracket. We've got uh, we've got three of the best. Guys in New Japan, we have the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi. We have the Golden Star Kota Ibushi, and last but not least, Master Watso. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> they will be taking on the Suzuki Goon team of Taichi, Zack Saber Jr., and Kanemaru. That's got to be a real so, to Watso in this shit. <laughs> You know what? You know, you know, young Ace and, and old Ace. You oh know, Bushi. You know, they trying to. They, they tell you they're gonna hand it down. You know, to represent the the main unit, Golden Watto. You know, how about it? They gonna they gonna hang. They gonna hand the Watto, <laughs> Golden Watto. Then on the the bottom right, we've got um, uh, Tomoaki Hama, uh, Togi Makabe, and Ryosuke Taguchi. Will be taking on the team of Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi. So, um, there's there's a pin eater on every team. Some team is full of pin eaters, yep. but um, I you know I I like six man belts in theory. Um, you know, so I yeah, I don't know. I I will go ahead and pick. Fuck it. Give me give me Ishigoto and Yoshihashi. Yes, I'm picking Yoshihashi to win a title. I feel horrible about myself. I think you're only picking them because like it's the never belt and you think the word never is just just inextricably linked to Ishii and Goto at this point. So it's like it makes sense for them to win it. Um man. I'll go with I'll go with Shingo and uh Bushi and Sonata. 
Shingo Bushi and Sonata. So the the belts go from Bullet Club to Lij or stay, you know, kind of in Lij with right. Evil. Right. But all right. So um, yeah, seeing Okada hang out with Show and Yano is going to be hilarious. Um, but yeah, so in America, New Japan of America, sneaky pick for best promotion this year. Um, like, uh, there's an eight man New Japan Cup. The winner gets a shot at the IWGP US Championship. I don't know where that's gonna take place. They've casually mentioned this six month rule that I wasn't aware of. If you don't defend the title within six months, you can be stripped of said title. So. I feel like John Mosley is going to send the little U.S. title in a FedEx, and um, this whoever wins this turtle tournament will accidentally, you know, become the champion, much like Oscar after Becky Lynch elite level worked her way out of WWE. <laughs> so you know, like, uh, so let's go through the bracket here. We've got uh, in the upper left, uh, we've got Carl Fredericks versus Kenta. So this match was actually going to happen in the New Japan Cup before COVID nineteen hit. So they're going to do that. We've got Jeff Cobb versus Tangaloa. We've got David Finley versus Chase Owens on the right side. And then the lower right, we've got Brody King versus Tamatonga. So um, I like Carl Fredericks, but it's hard to, to think they're going to put him over Kenta. Um, I like Brody King, but Tamatonga's got tenure. I don't know if they're they're wanting to split those guys into singles or anything. <sighs> Cobb's always a good pick too. Yep. They could do a Fredericks and Cobb rematch. They they had a match, um, you know, a couple weeks ago. I think I'm going to fuck it. Like, if you want to make a star, start making Carl Fredericks. Let Carl Fredericks win this shit. I'll go with Cobb. It just, it just makes sense. I'll go with Cobb. So, um, yeah. So, um, I, I think it was like, you know, I, I hated this past week of wrestling, like from seeing all the shit on Monday with the finishes, the Wednesday stuff, not inspiring me. The Zat Ryder showing up. And I, I know all the, the arguments for Zat Ryder, you know, if 2% of his following watches, like, come on, man, that's not, how that actually works. Um, social media numbers aren't real, everybody. Right. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it really bummed me out. Um, and then, like, seeing the Dexter Loomis choking out Timothy Thatcher, I was like, this is stupid. The King of Pro Wrestling title, I was like, this is stupid. Um, and I was like, man, James, can we just talk about rap, like, on the show? And then it was like, you quoted my old line, that's why we played the uh, old song, uh, they putting out trash and ripping bits like and it, I really like feel fortunate to not have to come on here most weeks and just fucking bash the um, the sport in with a baseball bat uh, like we did this week. But um, because, quite frankly, I've made those changes uh, to where I'm not watching on Monday and Friday anymore because, like, I don't know how anyone can really at this point like but. Uh, this is a reminder, I would say, this week, like, it's never too far away from happening. Like, the things you enjoy in wrestling, they're never too far away from changing, so make sure you enjoy them. Like, as much, as great as we felt 2017 and 18 were the whole time, 
I was saying enjoy this time because this shit is legendary. Like all these matches that were just like just on another level, just feeling the way they felt. Like it, it, it you know, it, you think about every era of wrestling. Like that, like two thousand two doesn't feel like nineteen ninety eight. Like in that's really four years apart, but like it feels like totally different things. We never know. We could be moving into, you know, a new direction in pro wrestling as a whole. I don't know why I'm getting so like philosophical about this, but over one week. <laughs> yeah, over one week because you never know when. When right. like like I always I, I see that meme where it's like you and your friends went outside and played together one last time, but none of you guys knew it or whatever. Like, I see that, you know, around all the time. But, like, wrestling might, you never know when it's going to just change or whatever. So, like, if there are things that you are enjoying in wrestling, hold on to them, cherish them, remember them, document them, and always be able to, like, you know, pull tape on it and uh, and just enjoy it. Because, like, it might change. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, this was a this was a not a banner week uh, for my professional wrestling fandom. Yeah, um, I don't have, I don't, I don't, um, have much to disagree with you about, so, um, I guess I'm just gonna sign off before the, before then I'll just say, watch Stardom. Thanks for listening to the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Uh, be sure to check out powerslam.tv, one of the sponsors of the show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, they have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world, you can use the code Social Plus to get your free month's trial. Um, check out www.prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex to pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise. Um, be sure to check out the some of the other shows on the network. Uh, on this on Sundays, Mondays, depends on how long we have to go bearing a show. We have one extra radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping it a strong style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Grumman Washes Shit. On Fridays, we have Get in the Ring. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. And also, uh, I will put in the description a link to Rich's uh, new song, Straight Snapping and Video. So uh, be sure to check that out, too. So uh, thanks for listening, y'all. And if y'all want to leave a donation for the show, what to do? <laughs> yeah, links also in the description for that as well. So thanks for listening, y'all. Later. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.